Hello, everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode of The Collective Podcast. My name is Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 66 with the talented Mr. Chris Thornley. Chris is an artist that I found on Instagram, actually, and I've seen his work around the internet for quite some time. We had an awesome talk, mainly about the nostalgia of influences and how that impacts your work and how to really pull the muse from these things. It was a really great talk. Thanks to Chris for coming on. We also have some really awesome, exciting news. We finally have a website. It's thecollectivepodcast.com. It's where you can find everything regarding the podcast and any links or any information that you need is going to be at thecollectivepodcast.com. We created it using a service called Squarespace. It's a website building platform. It's super user-friendly, easy to build, a clean and professional-looking portfolio. It's uh, squarespace.com if you're interested. You can sign up with the code TCP, as in the Collective Podcast, for a free trial and 10% off. It's uh, squarespace.com. Check it out. This is going to be episode 66 with the talented Chris Thornley. Let's go. If you want, we could probably start with why and how you got into doing this for a living you know were you did you have artistic parents or create was creativity like encouraged in your household or somebody turn you on to it comic books or well i i think uh everybody starts out drawing don't they everybody gets a coloring book off somebody for a present and some pencils at some stage when they're young uh, and, and i did and you know as my brother did as well uh, but i just absolutely loved it from an early age yeah, uh, like like I, I, like I see a lot of children even now. You know, every every child kind of draws, and and I always I enjoyed it. Um, I like looking at other kind of art and things like that from an early age, um, and and so I just kept up with it uh, as a hobby. Never thought it was a possible job. <laughs> uh, yeah, why is that? Everybody thinks that too. I did as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean. I, I mean, that, that's how, I mean, as we go on, we'll, it'll kind of envelop how, how I ended up where I wanted to be when I was six. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there's there's no kind of pathway that somebody can say, oh, yeah, that's the best way to do it. It's You just stumble into it almost. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was one of those people that went down to uh, my local shop and picked up the comics uh, in in England, we have Beano and Dandy, which is I think everybody uh, around that age you you get given copies of these comics, uh, and I love those. I love reading those. What was it uh, called? Uh, Beano and Dandy. Beano and Dandy. Yes, they are. I think seventy five like years or old. Seventy five uh, years old. Wow. Seventy five years old. This I think it was last year. They were seventy five. They are. Um, a Scottish comic, mm. uh, but very much uh, Dennis the Menace. I think you have the blonde version oh, okay. in America. I was, uh, <laughs> They're like, just the hair. Yeah, no I, was, I, I was has black hair, and but the same kind of you know naughty kid with a catapult type thing. <laughs> perfect, perfect influence yeah. at uh, a young man's adolescent age or yeah, woman. So, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so from. From reading that and loving the art, uh, trying to copy it, uh, I kind of thirst, thirsted after more 
Uh, and then there were there was others that produced other comics, which were things like Wizard and Chips, uh, Beezer, and these don't exist anymore. They they've all fallen to one side or the other. Mm. Uh, all produced by the same company. And then I think I must have been about eight or nine, and I'd kind of exhausted that week supply of comics of what was out and was desperate for something new and picked up a copy of uh, 2000 AD. Oh, there it is. Uh, Boom. And, <laughs> yes, and, and that's it. That That's the point where I, I remember taking that comic into school and going, Look at this. There's a there's a there's a man with a skull here, and there's there's another one. His head's on fire. <laughs> and everybody else was like, "Okay, this is what I want to do." <laughs> and, and, and that 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 yeah, that just blew up my my mind. Um, the artwork, dude. And Dave the, Gibbons and and Dave, Cam Cam Kennedy, Brian uh, Boland was there. Oh man, uh, and and then I mean, and I was really young at that stage, and. And yes, yeah, some of the writing, Alan Moore was writing for them. Oh man, so um, good. Dream Team stuff. Grant Morrison was coming on and doing bits. Uh, yeah, and that that was like, wow, I, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's that, a, that's what I pivotal. want to do. It's a pivotal yeah. thing. Yeah, you just, there's no mistaking what it is and, and its influence that's going to have on you. Yes. Yeah, I, I, actually, it was so lucky. I, I don't know how the stars aligned, but I actually was able to um, enjoy dinner with Dave Gibbons at Comic-Con. I think I might have mentioned that to you. It was so amazing. It was the coolest thing ever. Cause, I'm very jealous. Because he's, he's such a nice person. He was just like the most genuine, like humble dude. And he was just really just a kind dude. And we just had the, the most awesome talks about everything aside from comics, really. It was really cool. Yeah. Maybe one day I can get him on the <laughs> podcast. One of these days. Yeah. But yeah, you just brought up 2000 AD. I mean, yeah, that's a pivotal thing. I had Gavin Rothery on actually, and that's another. That's he. he 2000 AD was a pivotal thing for him as well. But yeah, there's these things that trigger. Yes. It's like you're. It's like it's like almost. I imagine being an artist and a creative, and you're born into the, your body and you give in your mind, and it's almost you have a voice, but you don't realize it until like you see somebody else's voice and you go, Oh wait, like that's really what I want to do. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's what I'm, yeah. That's what I had in my head and they've done it already. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 And 2000 AD is such a good comic in the sense that they allow their artists. That, I mean, I, I picked up a couple of copies of ghost rider hmm. uh, on a holiday once. And that's really cool. But with 2000 AD, they, they don't have a, a Marvel style, so to speak. Yes, uh, yes. They, they allow their artists to, to bring their own to the table. Um, and, and, and that blew my mind because in, in one issue, you, you've got about four or five stories. Yeah. Uh, and with four or five different writers, different artists. And again, it was like, well, I really like how they've done that. That's really clever. And then, but, but this is really cool as well and how they've, and and even got in down to the detail of the logo design and yes. the type, the typesetting and things like that. Metal yes. Herlong is how do you say that? The French, um, the original heavy metal. Ah yes. Is how do you say Herlo or how? I don't even know. I'm butchering the French accent <laughs> to it, but but they had the same kind of thing, right? Was do you know which one was before the other? I can't I can't remember. I can't remember. 
I, I, but I love that format as well. I don't know if it exists now. I'm sure it does in smaller aspects, but I think what you're talking about and which, what makes me love it as well is the content is so rich because you have almost, you don't necessarily have them battling one another, the stories, but the yes. artists know that they are going to be in the same book with their peers. And therefore they really put a lot of emphasis on creating the best work that they can. Yes. And, and then at the same time, it's just better for the reader because the reader gets these little episodes and these these little viewpoints into this awesome world. You know, it's so cool. I couldn't. I I really miss those days. Uh, perhaps I'm just a nostalgic kid, but the heavy metal days uh, back with the Mobius and all that stuff. I have a bunch of those oh. uh, on my bookshelf. They're so cool, but. Sorry, I keep cutting in. I'm just excited about no, this stuff right. too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I knew that we would have a fun talk. Uh, for those uh, uh, that are listening, I found your work. I've seen it on the internet, just on Tumblrs randomly. And then somehow I found your work on Instagram. And I was going through it and I was like, oh, wow. Well, okay. Like he has a lot of really common interests. We have a lot of things that we are commonly focused on which is you know sci-fi star wars blade runner and then i was like seeing the process of how you're creating your images is like hey shit he uses a cinema 4d as well he's got to be using it and then i discovered i'm like oh this is great i have to i have to reach out we have to have a conversation this would be a lot of fun but um yeah so that's kind of the uh the genesis of our connection so which i guess it's just natural for other artists to you know want to latch out or you know, connect with them because it's almost like I said originally. It's we're almost on like rafts, you know, out in the ocean, yeah. and then you know, like you're clinging to things as best that you can, you know, in order to keep going. I mean, that, that's the real beauty you now of the internet because I, I remember yeah. those days at, at school taking this comic around and uh, showing other people, and they just didn't get what I was trying to say or what <laughs> I buy it. And it, it's not even in secondary school. It's you find one or two in secondary school because there's a few more people there. But it's, it's not until you probably hit art college uh, where you really start to meet people that are interested in, in a similar topic. Yeah. Uh, and who can then start feeding you new information and new ideas. And, you know, suddenly it is, you are talking to somebody saying, oh, have you read this one before? This is heavy metal. Uh, and it was like, no, I've never heard of that one. And, you start absorbing all that and i just love the internet now for this oh yeah it's amazing yeah. the connectivity the fact, is awesome yeah the, the fact that you can just like you say touch somebody on, on a raft in the sea and, and they start feeding you with more information it's yeah. <laughs> and it never ends too uh are you a collector of books do you like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just moved too recently are you hating your book collection <laughs> that's the only time i don't like my book collection when i have to physically move it yeah my it, back <laughs> it, it required its own separate van um i i, I, I have books that i've, I've bought that i intend to read one day <laughs> <laughs> you're an addict then yeah well it, it's somebody I, I mean the the beauty what i really love about my my job now is is when somebody says oh we, we want you to do something it's like right research yes uh, and you, you can do some research on the internet and, and you know, but there's nothing like having several books of that subject oh yeah you it's know so yes yeah, so i i'm i'll buy three or four books per project uh and, and flick through them, read bits, uh, and then just set them to one side and try and pick them up again. 
I business to. expense. It's totally yes. worth it. <laughs> That's what I tell my wife. So, <laughs> yeah, Which so that I, I'm allowed I, to. <laughs> I've, I've got a good copy of these books and I, I'm, I've got two little little kids and uh, one of them's not interested. Uh, but the other one, he's now kind of picked up on my old Beano collection. Oh, perfect. Uh, and, and he started to read through that. So I'm like, yes, yes. And here's, here's another one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to put my books in his bedroom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you sneaky guy. I was just yeah. sitting with my daughter. You have, so you have two, two, two kids? Uh, two, two little boys. Two little boys? Oh, that's cool, man. How old are they? Uh, it's eight and seven now. Eight and seven? Okay. Well, my daughter's nine, so... Wow. Yeah, and, and last night I was actually going through all of my old Marvel um, card collections, Marvel and DC, but you, do you remember when they had all the cards and then they would have like one through 150 and you can collect them all and you'd have all this like, um, you'd have all these, you know, all the characters from the Marvel Universe and they'd have like stats on the back. and All right, like a top trumps type thing. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, I've 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 had them ever since I was a little kid, and they were like my prized possession. It took like all the money that I had as a kid, <laughs> and I still have it. And I just found it in my closet, and I pulled it out, and I was like, like sitting in my bed before, or in in my daughter's bed before she crashed out, and I was showing her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, what's this?" I was like, "Oh cool, you're taking an interest in this. Okay, like <laughs> let's open this up <laughs> and see how like you know how much more can we get you interested in this." <laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah, I've, I've I've given him a 2000 AD annual, uh, but he's not interested in that. No, uh, oh. no, and uh, his mum doesn't approve that I'm putting that in front of him. Ah, it's good. Maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, it, it, some of that stuff is a bit more mature, you know. So, it just takes time, and sometimes yes. it's like we said. Um, everybody's born with their own voice. Some people want to be doctors or they want to help people um, in humanity or they want to destroy humanity. <laughs> you never know yeah. what you're going to become. Um, but yeah, isn't it weird? The psychology of it, the, the, I just, I always trip out on it when, when something really hits me, like an artist just really hits me pr profoundly. And I, and I really try to take a step back and instead of just Googling or oogling over it, I try to think like, what's making me obsessed with this right now? You know? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That's been more of a mature approach that I've been having lately. Just trying to <laughs> discover it instead. Cause you know, originally I'd just be like, Oh yeah. Muscles and guns and all that stuff. And now I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what is this, the psychology behind this artist's, you know, interpretations of reality that, you know, makes me excited. So yeah, where does his voice come from, and why does that work? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's I think where my my voice comes from. It's it's not just from the art of two thousand AD. I really love the humor that it had as well. It had a very punk, anti-establishment <laughs> yeah. kind of thing going on, which I, I hope creeps into my work even now. Where you're trying to find an alternative route, um, some kind of cheeky route sometimes, uh, some kind of twist and things like that, which, uh, again, I, th I can blame on 2000 AD because, <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't get it at the time, uh, being so young. Um, but, yeah, it, it was subversive takes on society at the time, in, in, especially in the UK. 
Uh, and it, I think that's why it stayed with me now that I'm older. It's, it's more mature than I realized. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely on, on it's, on, it's, its own league. Yeah, yeah. Definitely had a lot of different things going on. I have, a, have, they have Rogue Trooper, like one and two, like the newest editions of that collection. They're huge. Yeah. But yeah, when yeah. I read through it, it's just fun and, and old school and kind of silly. Even the Judge Dredd stuff. Um, is, oh, yeah. Got plenty <laughs> of that stuff as well. It's not, but I think, like you're saying too, it, um, the artists are touching on a lot of the uh, psychological or so, so, social um quarries and interests of that time too especially when you have um creative writers like alan moore and stuff or who really dive into characters and can really pull interesting um different aspects out of it and develop character really well and, and it, it appeals to both sides i think uh, yeah as well it, it works on so many levels you can just read i mean you can read watchmen uh, and just enjoy it uh, and then you read it again, and you start noticing uh, how the colors work. Oh man! Uh, and how trippy those colors are. It's so and good. Then, and then you read it the third time, and you start noticing all the details in the background and the references. <laughs> and then you read it a fourth time, and then it clicks that you understand the political story that's going on. Yes. Yes, uh, and, and that's why, yeah, these things last, isn't it? They've, they've built so many levels into these things. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a real genius masterpiece work. That that yeah. that book is, I I've been actually obsessed with. There's a book that um, Dave actually came out with that I didn't even know existed until I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it's like my Bible right now. It's called Watching the Watchmen. Do you have that book? Ah. Uh, while we talk, I'll go and order it. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, ha I have many books, and this is probably up there in my top ten of books that you must have if you're at all interested in either The Watchmen, how to create a masterpiece of some sort, and <laughs> in, in, in sequential art. Um, it's for me. It's been really amazing because also getting the chance to meet and talk with with Dave has been awesome. But now, because I, I get to understand him a little bit beyond just reading his. And, and viewing yeah. his work but yeah the book itself is just it's just amazing i couldn't recommend it more to everybody especially content comic creators or storytellers in general it's just really phenomenal yeah i'll probably go on and on about it so i'll stop now but yeah it's really awesome it's one of those books that i just like i said i didn't realize wasn't there and and now that i see it i'm like oh man and it's like you know now i know a a step-by-step -step process um not necessarily to copy in any way but to to understand that yes. in order to create these things it takes many stages yeah and, and you got to take you got to break them apart into little mini bites you know yeah. yes yeah i didn't yeah, realize I, I, that <laughs> i was going I, at a full I, like what the hell <laughs> so exhausted <laughs> right yeah. i just pull out my shopping cart <laughs> <laughs> oh man did you just order it Yes. Oh yeah, you can thank me later. This is awesome. Yes. And everybody that's listening to this, seriously, go buy it because it's and it's amazing. It's just an amazing book. But uh, but again, that's that's the beauty, I suppose, now with the internet is where, uh, you know, especially when I was at school, you just don't have access to this. You you want to be able to ask these questions of somebody and and find out what's going on uh, and why does something work. 
Uh, and, it, you know, when you go to a gallery, you know, the same museum tour and they tell you that he was a struggling artist and, <laughs> you know, and there's the one lily painted white which reflects loneliness. You kind of just roll your eyes. <laughs> say, <laughs> so true. I'm, I'm sure that's not what it's about, you know. And yeah. I'm sure that, you know, you just want to know why, you know, what was the thought process, even if it's, well, he could make more money out of selling paintings that had flowers in them. You know, sure. I just want to know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, sometimes I fight against it a little bit because there is so much information that it's, it's almost, um, if you're not cautious, you don't know really, you know, what to pay attention towards or, and yes. I also, I get a little worried, not worried, but I just get a little concerned, I suppose, for the future or the newest generation that's coming out that um, might not be aware of where influences come from. I mean, there's a lot of people, I was talking about it last time, where people are working on these certain films and they haven't even seen like Alien or anything and they haven't been influenced by that, but maybe that's better. But then there's yeah. people that are really influenced on it. So and then they're just rehashing things. So I don't know. <laughs> I probably well, I, I think yeah. about it a little bit too much. And mostly it's just the Tumblr, Tumblr generation and, and stuff like that. And um, I, I mean, I've, I have noticed that on Tumblr that uh, people, you know, they'll post a piece of art and it's great and people are tumbling and it's got loads of tumbles. But it, it just give me a link back to the artist or where it's come from. So yeah. that, you know, I, I really like that. But where does it come from? What's what's the other body of work? Is it a one-off? Is it a set of something? Uh, yeah, they're putting links in. In uh, is a good thing. Yeah, uh, which helps. Yeah. I think that's yes. how I found you, though, and I think that helps because it kind of combines and collects people together, and it allows you to. And I think maybe perhaps that's where this kind of podcast works well, where it's it's beyond um, an image or um, reading an interview because sometimes that can be a little bit taxing. You get a little bit, there's a little bit more that we can get to um, under the surface beyond certain things that really kind of get into the bigger, more complex things that are hard to explain, you know, which is, you know, artistic block or, you know, sacrifice yes. and, and commitments <laughs> and, and, and timelines and, and, you know, we both have families. It's, it's really yeah. actually challenging to have a family, especially if you want to be good at it. So, and then, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I've, it is. And I think I've, I've managed to find the right balance of that now. Yeah. Um, Can you explain? Yeah. I, I, I used to own, as part of my kind of checkered past, I, I did become a director and co-own a company. Okay. Uh, and we, I mean, I grew that and we had quite a number of staff working for us. And that was one of those jobs where, you know, you're in at six o'clock in the morning to get three hours of work in before the phone starts ringing at nine. Uh, and then at yeah. five, your staff are leaving and uh, you've, you've sorted out who's going on holiday and when they're going on holiday and things like that. And, and, and then you get in home at seven uh, and you, you're reading one book to your kid as they fall asleep and then you're tired. And and I, I, I did have that routine for a bit just as my children were born. Uh, and that's when I, I decided to, I needed to leave that and make a, a bigger change uh, and became freelance, basically. Yeah, because that's what you're and, doing now. You have a representative, right? 
Yes, I have a, an agent uh, down in London that's quite uh, that represents me in the UK and Europe, and then I, a lot of my work goes out to the US. Uh, so now my hours are, are a lot more flexible. Mm. Um, so I, I can start work early in the morning, but get home and and take the kids to school, come back, do some more work. Uh, pick them up. Uh, school finishes at quarter past three in England, so I can be there, spend a couple of hours with them, do homework, chat about the day, and then start work again after kind of dinner. Awesome. That works so, out then. Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've, I have found now that that gives me a break in the day as well, which means that I've... I'm away from the computer, away from the desk, away from the studio. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it gives me a refresh almost. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so when I come back to it, I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I've had a think about something. Or, excited to. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, I'm really happy where things are now at the moment. That's good. That's where really challenging to find that. I, yeah, <laughs> and it, it's, it's still a very structured day. Yeah, sure. I still kind of, I probably still work 12 hours a day. That's not uh, bad, though. That's an average yes. work day. I mean, because yeah. also with the things that we do, um, it's not it's not a normal work day for people. I don't know. No. I've tried to explain it. Like, so yeah. I have like <laughs> friends and, and, and people that you know are close to me. They go to, they go to a job, they clock in, 9 to 5, they clock out, they're done. It never stops for guys like us. No. It's in our no. heads. It's like a, I have to do it. It's like a... It's like a compulsion, you know. If, if I don't do it, I get crazy. I get upset or irate or I get like if I don't get a chance to draw or work. Um, I used to think, what's wrong with me? I'd go on vacations. I'm supposed to be relaxing. And I'm like, all I want to do is just read a book or draw or create. Um, I just can't turn it off, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. It's <laughs> it, it, not. Yeah, you. I'm watching a film and I'm thinking about what typeface they've used. Uh, <laughs> exactly. and, uh, but, but I do kind of switch off and enjoy the film. That's good. Uh, but then I start thinking about the background of the film, where it's from, <laughs> who's directed it, what's its history. Uh, and if it's a bad film, yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, because it means I don't I really have to watch the screen. Uh, <laughs> and I can think about those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 I, again, I, I, one of my favorite films is Brazil uh, oh, and Terry Gilliam. Watched that forever. Yes, I can. Yeah, again, a, a bit like Watchmen. It's it's got so many layers that you kind of watch, and the first time you watched it, it meant something different to the second time you watched it. Sure, uh, that's a true classic, though. Yes. Ghost in the Shell does that for me, and same with Akira as well. Yes, and and. Like you say, you, you never switch off, which no, which can spoil something sometimes. But <laughs> sometimes you, you, know, you, you just want that roller coaster moment where you don't have to think about how many steel girders are holding you up, and you know what the engineering feat is to be able to do. You, you just want to enjoy something. But yes. I, I I do find enjoyment in research and 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 having that knowledge. Oh yeah, it never stops. You know that's yes. the one thing I love about art. Um, is you'll never be the best. No. <laughs> and no. th so some people that's discouraging and, and, and horrible thought. But for me, I love it because that this means that you're never going to stop loving it, you know, yes. and, and hating it at the same time. 
Well, this is this is it. Uh, uh, some of the questions people say is like, "What's your favourite piece?" And through gritted teeth, you're kind of saying, "Well, I, I don't like this piece that I've just done." Sure. Uh, yeah. you, you know, uh, with with a client, that's fine. You kind of you're working on a collaboration there, but there's always something that you want to try after you've done something. You, there's a something you want to maybe go back to or. Rejig. Yes. Um, I'm probably I'm probably choosing the wrong words by saying that you don't like. Your no. Own well, I mean, I relate to that. So yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it's kind of like you you start off trying to achieve something, and sometimes you don't achieve it. Sometimes you do. Yeah. But then you're learning on, and you're trying the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. Yeah, you, you're. You, I mean, I think for at least for me is is yeah. I I, I mean, usually after a week of of doing something past it, uh, I don't like it um, yeah. because I've reinvented myself and completely. Yes. You know, like <laughs> I yeah. rebuilt. I, I I admire and I and and and, and artists like you know um, this is like for example like Otomo or something where he's able to like stick really hard to creating. Uh, Akira, for example, um, yes. keeping his style somewhat same for such a long time in order to... I mean, there's obvious growth. You can see it in the art. Yes, you can see his development over books, can't you? Absolutely. I mean, you're yeah. literally seeing an artistic mind growing as you go through the pages. Uh, same with Dave as well, and, and, and lots of really amazing artists um, the, as their body of work changes. But I really admire the um, stamina um, of yes. these guys for me uh, I mean I, I've said it before but I think it's it's underrated but I think comic book artists and and, and, and animators are some of the most wicked uh, creators in humanity in a sense because there's worlds they're they're pulling worlds from their mind out onto paper yes. for communication <laughs> it's like communicative yeah. arts I mean uh, we both understand design and we both play in it but design is great and it has you can dedicate your whole life just to topography. I have friends that have, you know, and yes, and that's awesome. But <laughs> drawing worlds and creating worlds from your imagination and, and learning how to tell sequential art as a, as a medium is, is, is really amazing. It's, it's crazy. But, well, I mean, again, I think that's, yeah, it's, it's why I love things like Akira and why all these things probably connect is that they are, complete worlds yeah in bill i was saying about watchmen it's 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 so dense of a place to visit that you can't get it all in one reading and no it's and, and akira it it works well as as a, a phenomenal amount of work in the books and you know the film only dips its toe in the water really oh yeah yeah you, the film you know, is just a yeah we were just talking about this with andrew the other day yeah yeah, the the film. It, I mean, if if anybody's watched the film, and it, it's a stunning film, but like anything, when you start reading the books, the the books takes a completely different direction to the film. Yeah, but both still works because he's he has created that world and that place where you can play around. Yes, yeah, and he allows. I don't know, man. It's just I don't know. I I love so much of his work, and 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 that's exactly it, and allows that growth. I also just can't believe that he does a lot of that stuff. I know he had assistants <laughs> and helpers too. I mean, but um, at the same time, it's still just really 
It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, one of my passions is, is buildings and architecture um, and things like that. And he creates that world that's, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, and then he gets to destroy it. Yeah, uh, and then creates another entirely different world and society based around that <laughs> destruction, and yes, he's he's heavily, from what I understand, he's heavily influenced from Jodorowsky and stuff. I think that, and and Mobius as well, as most artists are actually yes. pretty common for the for most artists. Um, yeah. but it's it's really cool to see, and you can actually tell, at least for me, um, Jodorowsky's influence on Akira. Um, especially the film and the yeah. ending um, yeah it's just a really significant body of work and it, yeah, that, <laughs> I, I think it. He, yes <laughs> it well, feels I mean, so shitty now <laughs> well, well, the, I mean the other thing is he's, he's artist and writer as well yeah. which is the difficulty I have is that uh, when, I, when I try to work on comic books I, I'm thinking of like you know the cool scene and not where the emotional you know i'm just thinking of something blowing up it's going to be really cool exactly um, the money and, shot and, yeah and yet he does that he, he's in akira the books there's there's great character building you know there's, there's oh, yeah. whole scenes where characters are just chatting and they're just on the waterfront or something like that uh yeah and you, you're kind of reading it thinking this is great well, and then then you just pushes that to one side and blows stuff up for like half a <laughs> and it's like yeah wow and then he but it wouldn't have worked without that character building yes yeah because well, what would, you'd have is a, is a very lopsided experience you know yes. you wouldn't care about the world yes yeah yeah that's that's a, been a really big interesting problem with a lot of new content that's created as well it's almost as if people are trying to make stories out of the cover of a comic rather than opening the comic and understanding what yes. is actually making it so good? Um, I, I mean, you, you get into that when you start understanding about poster design and things like that. Sure. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the, the poster design has got to, you know, that's one image and it's one story within one image. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but when you, like you say, when you start drawing 22 pages or 24 pages, yeah. You've really got to, you're working at a different time scale and time frame, and you've got to get so much more across in, in those pages that it, yes. It's a total different uh, discipline. I'm just obsessed with it, and I'm bringing it up a lot because I'm studying it like crazy. So, yeah. You ever, you ever study this kind of stuff? You ever get into this? Narrative sequential bought, art? Yes. I bought, how many books have I bought recently? <laughs> The, oh, this is a recent obsession, huh? The do the draw magazine. Have you ever read those? No. What is it? Go through all the different artists. Draw magazine. Yes. Oh, is it draw? I'm, I'm trying to have a look what it is because I've got a pile of them here. Draw. Yes, draw. It's it's American magazine, mm. uh, and uh, very good with picking up. I think on the website, yeah, they've got back issues, and they'll go into. Uh, all the different artists, uh, you, the guys who draw fables and things like that, and um, they really explain really good interviews, in-depth interviews about how they've built or where they've got, how they got to where they are now. Mm, that's uh, perfect. What they're trying to do. Uh, so yes, I, I've been trying to study it, but I've every respect for them. Uh, Damn them! <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it is. It is really. 
it's a different gear altogether. You you've got to have your brain in a different place. Yeah, uh, it, it's hard to get. It, I've, I have much respect for them. Yeah, help it. Yeah, it's on a whole different level of awesomeness. Yeah, and it just yes. makes it. It's yeah, and I and I and I think if if you were interested in in creating art, I would advise um, learning this stuff because I think it would only help you understand things beyond where you're at currently. For example, like if you're a creature designer or a character designer for a video game or something, learning sequential art will help you so much because you'll understand the reasoning behind actions and why things happen to things. It's, it's, it's the idea of design. I always look at design as being an, an, an after experience from time. Like it's, it's, everything's designed from time yes. like humanity we you know if you believe in it which i do is you know the single celled organism and, and 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 all the growth and changing and evolution of that to become what you are currently or and even if you don't you still got to agree that we're designed by time and the same thing with ideas and mediums and connectivity and creativity and all that stuff. And, and if you really think about the psychology of it and you understand the reasons behind things, um, it just makes your art more rich in what you're trying to communicate yes. so much stronger, you know? Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, um, especially when you think about poster art, poster art, there's so much detail in that. If it's uh, good. Yeah, which which is, which is really which is really yeah. great, but you you just cannot carry that out over kind of five or six frames. Yeah, uh, or else it'll take unless you you know you some kind of mega talent like you know like Akira is, but the, you you've got to put those things where you know just simple things like dropping the background out because you don't need it in this instance. And, yes. Uh, and that's and you can get that from films how that you you need to foc- focus on a character rather than the background or yeah why yeah. why you've been shown a detail now because in five minutes time that's going to have a relevance and a connection yes uh, good directors know that yes. good directors good dops know that i was just watching yeah. um david lynch's um Man, what's that one where he's going to that girl in the hotel room? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, damn it. But the way that he uses noir lighting and settings and the lenses that him and the DOP chooses and the framing, it's yeah. just a lot of fun because he's he's kind of pulling you along through the journey. Kubrick was really good at that as well, obviously, with the shining and stuff is a prime yeah. example, which was one of my favorite films of his. But yeah, you couldn't have hit it perfectly on the head. It's just, it's exactly it as well. Um, and that comes from a maturity as well. I've noticed um, when I attempt to draw something, for example, I'll probably over detail everything because I'm so insecure that I'm not going to get it right. <laughs> and that, But my favorite artists and some of my favorite art, like for example, is, is like looking at Frank Miller's Sin City and the absence of things or... When I was at Comic Con too, I had talked with Mike Mignola a little bit, little bit about his his style and his and his ability to adjust and change and evolve over the time. And I was telling him that I thought it was interesting because it's almost as if he's become more mature in his own style, where he, right, yeah. he can pull more things away. So it's more about like what can I not put in here and still convey the story yeah. stronger. Uh, I think that's it. You you give him the suggestion of something. Yes. Um, let people Why fill Frank it in. Miller, yeah, Frank Miller, uh, 
when you look at his work, all his negative space, if you actually look at his character design on some of them, they're physically impossible. These people couldn't live. They're bent, they're twisted, <laughs> yeah. their foot would not work and things like that. Yes. And yes, he, he's moved beyond that point where in just one image, he's animated the whole body over three or four frames. Yes. Uh, and, you know... Yeah, and, and you start to then appreciate that he can twist these things around. You can capture the right moment. And yes, and I, I, I did try try leaving out some detail in a in some new, especially the Blade Runner work. Yes, uh, let's talk about that actually. Uh, Sorry, we're talking about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, with well, that influences one, I, are so important, though. You know. Yes. Yeah. And well, it, I mean that we're a culmination of our influences, you know. So yes. Well, I, I did try uh, a Frank Miller trick on on that thing was leaving more things open to suggestion. Yes. Uh, so just the suggestion of a building, rather than because on some of my previous drawings, I'd drawn every single line, every single detail, every, you know, almost getting to the level where I'd draw every single brick on a, a building. Well, you can uh, tell that we're influenced by Otomo, but Otomo yes. does it so beautifully. I hate it. Because <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's on the line between those. Cam Kennedy and, 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 uh, and Dave Gibbons is also definitely guilty of the same things, but yes. they somehow managed to make it work. And but that's even, because they're damn good, though. It's just wild that they put in. They, to, yeah. they to, have a really to, exceptional eye in the maturity of it. But yeah, I think if we talk about Blade Runner, for example, too, it's such a stylized film, and Ridley Scott yes. really, and the crew, and, and all those amazing, talented people that were on that project. Um, but the maturity of, let's say you build out all this stuff, you put all this detail into it, and then you just you just turn the lights off on it. Alien was the same thing, you know? Yes. We did the same thing when we, uh, I took a, you know, that influence and put that into the ghost in the shell thing we did. There was so much work into the details of the certain things for the final image. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just take all that out because it's going to distract from this one thing. That's more important, which is like the model and way that, she, that she's lit and capturing right. that essence, you know? There's a maturity, I think, with real, realizing that, you know what, I don't need to show everything. It's all here. And I think that really great artists allow others to see and use their imagination, which creates a, a really strong bond um, psychologically, yes. I think, with the art. It, it does take a lot of courage uh, to be able to do it. Uh, yes. Sometimes it does work to show everything uh, and, and throw everything even you know, including the kitchen sink in there. <laughs> sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah, but but sometimes it, it can be you know. Sometimes people are just scared. Uh, you know, even when you're dealing with clients and things like that. That sure. You know, when you, when you're dealing with white space and how well you can use white space, uh, especially when you're looking at typography. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But then some people are like, oh no, well we need some more information there. We need another big color photograph. Let's throw it, you know, and it's like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, designed by I mean, committee, yeah. I and mean, then you yes. have no voice, and then it becomes this weird blob of something that's just yeah. a combination of a lot of bad, insecure decisions. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like I say, yeah, it's designed by committees. Yeah. And and sometimes, even though you're one person, you kind of well, have I done this? Have I done that? Have I done that? Yeah, yeah I'll just put that in. I'll just put that in. Yeah. Uh, and and again, it's good to get the feedback on on the internet where you do do something. 
and take a risk like that. People and attract to it. They'll, yeah. Yeah, they'll love and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on Instagram and things like that. And people come back and say, oh, I really like this. Or, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. If they don't you know, like it, they just don't, there's no yeah. attention towards it usually. You know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, that's only true sometimes. I mean, there, there's a lot of times where there's amazing art that's out there, but nobody's really seeing it because there's just too much art to look at. There's yes. too much content. We're in a day and age where people are able to actually do this for a living. And uh, so a lot of people are coming out of the woodworks that are just fantastic. A good example is a Simon Lee's uh, sculptor. You know, have you ever seen Simon Lee's work? Yes. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. That guy is yeah. so <laughs> good. And he's such a nice guy, too. Um, but his work is just so incredible. And he was just, he just kind of came out of, out of nowhere, kind of. And it was like, hey, uh, hey, world. Hey, I exist. And there you go. <laughs> but the, I mean, this is, this is a thing. Uh, there is no shortcut to that top. You, no, you know, everybody no. who everybody who pops up every so often, you go, "Wow, that's brilliant!" And you go to the website, and then you realize this guy's been working in this style for the last seven years or ten years. Yeah, yeah, or ten years, and he's you know he's been he's done book covers here, book covers there, and sure. he's you know he's he's French. You know that's why I've never really heard of him. <laughs> he's on French blogs and things like that. And, but, then, but then suddenly somebody's picked up on him. Uh, you know, and words just got out at the right time. Or, yes. you know, maybe some styles pass now and his style's more interesting to people. Or, yes. Yeah. It's a vicious thing, too, the the amount of... I, I, I was... I constantly, and I'm going to... Sorry, I'll probably bring it up a lot just because I'm completely infatuated with it and I'm loving it as studying... Um, I study a lot of things, but mainly right now I'm just studying the the all my favorite artists basically and really extrapolating and writing down and, and, and actually emulating too, which we should talk about too. Um, your thoughts on that, which is, uh, I've been studying a lot of artists and actually recreating their work through my own hand and eye and seeing what works for me and and then re like taking the little bits, basically like there's no tools. And then I look at the, I look at all the tools that are around me and then I, I, I rebend them and, and use them for my own purpose. And then at the end of it, I have this really interesting personalized tool set, you know, and then I am yeah. able to use all these different things. And, and then it, and then my, culmin- my work is actually becomes a culmination of like all my influences, you know? Yeah. So, do you yeah, do no, that? Is that something? Uh, that, all, all the time. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. I don't yeah. feel so bad then. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, studying so yeah I, th- I think you've got to study and I, not copy uh, as in kind of you know pass off somebody else's idea as your own or, or something like that no but I, I just i mean one artist i was looking at the other day i just loved his color palette yeah and i thought wow you know the way you've got them colors working uh that's really good uh and i just borrowed those i just sampled those colors and just started playing around something completely different i think he he'd done some some buildings and it really worked as a shadow uh and so i thought it'd really work if i colored a horse slightly different in those kind of colors yeah uh, and it, it's it's colors i i wouldn't have chosen because you know when you're working you have your kind of toolbox which you know that you can just dip into and just get the job done you know yeah deadlines approaching you've only got four hours to do something you know that this 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 is going to work uh but that's not satisfying. That that gets the job done. But you kind of, well, I want to experiment. What wouldn't I have done? What if I had more time? What I would have tried? And 
yeah, taking somebody else's color palette or how they've used negative space. Again, you know, using Frank Miller as an example, how his use of negative space is, is really worth studying. It's, it, sometimes it works really well. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, it usually which, works. For me, it always yes. works. It works in the weirdest ways, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it, sometimes it just does not make sense, you know, that yeah. the lighting's coming over this direction. <laughs> that works, but then... Yeah, that's artistic is, license. Oh, they yeah, all do it, too, just to yeah. help the story along. Yeah. But, but then you, you can sit down with somebody who's, who's not as obsessed as you are about it and say look at that, that's really bad, isn't it? You know, this is lit like this and that's lit like that. And they go, who cares? Yeah. You know? <laughs> the guy's yeah what's happening from, in the story? Yeah. yeah. The guy's got his face on the floor and, the, you know, he's, he's been driven, uh, you know, he's, he's flying through a car window or something. Yeah, yeah I'm not bothered how it's yeah. lit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. The artistic license. You, yeah, and you can see that in film, you know, how oh, yeah. people are cutting things and, and layering things and, and well, things tremendous like that. In, in, yeah, it, Steven Spielberg films actually have tons of it, which which I, which is funny, but I don't even care. Um, prime yes. examples like Jurassic Park has tons of continuity issues, yes. but it's it's such a fun, fast paced, crazy uh, film, and especially the first time watching it. You're just like, is that a fucking dinosaur? Like, <laughs> uh, is it, do they make a di- fucking dinosaur in this film? <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, no way. Uh, how is this even possible? <laughs> it was nothing like it, you know, since something that, you know, like Blade Runner and Star Wars that had that powerful probability, but this was realistic in the current day. And I'm like, yeah. no, no way. This is, what is this? <laughs> it just, but it just slapped you, you know, and it, it, well, that, it doesn't that, matter though. Yeah, you forgive the insecurities or incidents, the the inconsistencies, because it doesn't matter. It's the story, and you just go along with it. Well, that's it. Jurassic Park, like Alien, um, you know, and some of those films, they they build the world first, yeah, and and then whack you over the head with something, yeah. So that when when you do see the dinosaur for the first time in Jurassic Park, it's like whoa, but you know the characters first, and you you kind of seeing it with them. And, and good actors will bring you along on the journey. Or, or like Alien, how long is it an alien before you actually see the alien? And That's then, the best, though. And then you yes. don't really seal it. And I don't even like yeah. seeing it at the end. I'm like, ah, oh, they shouldn't even put that in there. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> well, so fucked up. It's Geiger's yeah. nightmare kind of coming to life. And it's just... Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, but that's well, true. I mean, it's, it's, it's a brilliant design, but when you see, you know, on the internet, you see the guy in the suit, it's like, nah... <laughs> you know, I want to see it in the shadows when you sure. just catch the top of its head or, you know, yes. you just see its mouth or that's when it really works well. You can really tell, I think, and I can go on and on about Alien because I've studied the shit out of it and I love it so much. It's one of my favorite films. It's it's a genre smash, smashing film. Nothing's going to beat it. Nothing can. Nothing will. Yeah. It's just it's one of those films that was the perfect of everything and it all came together perfectly. It's a very mediocre script almost in a sense, but it's just so well executed and put together and so well handled. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, I can really tell that Ridley obviously and a lot of his crew but mainly him as the director had worked on so many things he had done so many commercials and understood how to really captivate an audience how to really give them what they need and also allow them to have pacing and time and you know it's just it's a masterpiece film really if you think about it <laughs> well, and it's in, you, in, in what it is you know it's just geez <laughs> so you could hear the argument if I, would that film be made now 
you you know could could they... I want to I would like to believe that but yeah I think I think it seems like the generation that's <laughs> that's coming up or the generation our generation of guys that you know grew up with this kind of stuff I feel like everybody's trying to get like their they're trying to lose their virginity again and you yeah. instead of reinventing the wheel they're just kind of rehashing it yeah. it's like let's do star wars again let's do it again and again how about we do it even more let's do it again and again it's like yes. you know, like how about instead of redoing star wars and that's awesome and good for them and you know i hope it turns out great but why don't we create something new something special and i think um because of the hollywood nature of of how risky and the business and how massive and challenging it is to get the funding and stuff i'm pretty close to understanding all that as well yeah um <laughs> it's it's such a big hill to climb that people aren't willing or interested as much um in new undiscovered or um new kind of just yeah new 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 f- content basically yeah a, a prime example of a lot of this i mean it's con it's constant with a lot of films anyways and the one the most brilliant films are usually the hardest ones to actually get made because they were pushing the boundaries so hard but a good one that was pretty much an instant success and an instant classic that i've studied recently was like fight club for example like fight club is a is a film that you know obviously from chuck palinick's book but it was so kind of risky and, and weird and you know at first you know they were going to try and make it for very low budget and then david got a hold of it and he was you know he had to keep convincing people and stuff and there's you know challenges and the marketing and all these different things and it's just it's amazing that these things even get made you know it's just, it just blows my mind and so well, wasn't, I, uh, I, I do remember the tale at the time of fact club wouldn't didn't all the actors agree to take a lower wage? Yeah, I believe last, so. And then at the last minute, they all wanted the full wage. <laughs> yeah, I think so, so, yeah. So, yeah, so that kind of blew the budget. And then, if, if I remember correctly, wasn't Fight Club classed as a flop at the time? Yeah, yeah, you which know, most which, are. I mean, people, when they do convert, when, when you do art, and you're in a, you know... You get that story at art school where Vincent Van Gogh died penniless and and things like that, and you know, but he he was the true artist. You, you're kind of missing half the story. You, yes, you're only getting you've half. Got of to, it. You've got to understand that. I wish I had Vincent on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but go. I mean, you've, there's 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 kind of market pressures, and when you're a commercial commercial artist, you've got to understand that. Somebody has to tick so many boxes because so much money is at risk. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and target markets have to be met as near as they can, really. Yeah. Uh, and and people can't just take a risk with a, you know, what, a £200 million pound film? Uh, that's so much money. £200 million pound marketing budget. That's, yeah. you know, who wants to take a risk with £400 million? Yeah, that's Oops, not... You know? it, yeah, it's it's and it's not... And I totally get it, and it makes total sense. And that's why you have to have, you know, proof of concept and all that kind of stuff. And it just takes a lot of time and effort, you know. And it just, you know, in order for people to to really want to invest in what you're doing, you got to really show them that what you're creating is is worth it, you know, and and work really hard for it and make it happen. And which brings me back to Alien and 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 why. And it's it's kind of one of those things that I use as a bit of a benchmark just to help with go like, well, it's got to be. And not just because it's got all these things and the final output is is, is impressive and special, but it, it's all the things and the bits that led up to it. It's like a great piece of design. It's it's 
you yes. know, let's say the designer has been designing. He's say the designer is 50 years old or something. First 10 years of that chi- that person's life was spent, you know, developing as a child and, yeah. and and still obsessed with it. But there's about 20 to 25 years of really intense focus on what it is to be a designer and how to communicate and all that stuff. So when you're seeing this thing, it's it's actually a sum of 25 years or something of choices or, you know, 50 years or whatever yeah. of that person's life. So you're actually getting, if the designer or that person is really creating the essence of themselves, you're getting the essence of themselves uh, with, all, with, with this, it's close as what the culmination of all their efforts, you know? Yes. That's what real good designers or really good artists are, I think. It's the culmination of all their influences, all their things at the moment that they're creating it. And as taxing right. as that is, that's usually the best artists are able to tap into that and constantly create. But yeah, I, I like that as, as as well with with Alien. You, you look at Alien, and essentially, he he managed to make that film on a on a kind of B movie budget, really. Yeah, uh, but kind of really, good though. Yeah, but he he pushed that. There's there's you know there's no computer effects in there. So good, you know. If if his suit design wasn't very, there was good. some computer effects. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. The just navigation. The, was it? Was it Mother? The computer was called. I can't remember. Yeah. In that, yes. in, the, in the navigation scenes. Yes. Sorry. See, I'm all uh, nerdy. Uh, yeah, so. that's very early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I think that. Was, I think even Dan <laughs> yeah. O'Bannon did that because he did. Dan O'Bannon's the guy that wrote it, and uh, he also did a lot of the motion graphics for Star Wars and stuff as well, oh, wow. which is which is was a funny, weird thing that I discovered while researching all this stuff. But sorry, you were saying. Yeah, and and I can I can just see with the budget restrictions, you he's the you know Ridley Scott's got more creative with it. Yes, you have you know, to. He, he can't afford to show you everything in your face because if you if he did, you'd start seeing the sellotape that's holding <laughs> everything together. You know the yeah. You know, and Prometheus is a is probably the antithesis where he has got as much budget as he can yeah. grab all of as much special effects he's got everything he wants and he throws it all on the screen and everybody moans about the story <laughs> yeah yeah exactly there's, like you say it's alien it's it's not the best story in the world but it no. just works so well with its atmosphere with with those restrictions yes you said and, there's a saying that he always would say and i thought was really funny and i agree is necessity is the mother of invention and it's absolutely true um yeah. That's, that's alien. That's that's what aliens called to me is mother's that saying. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's the sum of all these different things. And um, I really like that about Star Wars as well. When you yes. when you start looking at the first Star Wars film, you know, putting gel or yeah, yeah, you, you know, versus kind of the the, the new trilogy or yeah. his last trilogy where he had everything he wanted. You know, he was putting stockings over the camera lens to create an atmosphere and <laughs> putting gel on the camera lens to yes. create effect of, you know, the, the, the you know, they the did that a ton in Apocalypse Now, too, just to get yes. that, that really blue green in the woods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, you know, that's to- it totally works. I mean, you can see people trying to invent creative ways of getting around. Not that being on a computer is not creative. No, but I just think. Uh, what is it then? What do you think it is? Because you're well, you're I tapping into exactly what I bring up a lot. Yes, but it it kind of doesn't it go back round to when you're saying that you know with the you want to kind of hold something back and leave something to people's imagination. Yes, you don't want and yourself to visit. Too. 
Yeah, you don't want to visit Zion in Matrix. You you don't want to go there. You, you, you just to have <laughs> hey, what are you trying to steps. say? No. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I totally agree. I agree with you 110. Yeah. percent yeah. it's that suggestion that you know uh, of of something works better in in your imagination of the person looking at it than actually showing it to them. Well, yeah, See? that's that's absolutely yeah. true. It's why usually books for most people are so much better because. Uh, I read a book and you read a book. We see two different worlds and we see them intimately uh, based on our own imaginations. And when somebody goes out and says, I'm going to make this book into a film, uh, some people you know, won't even think about it because not everybody's born with an imagination in the sense where they can build worlds uh, or they've established that strength of, of con- conditioning to create something. But when you when you create that, and that's what we're talking about when you allow for, um, and, and David Lynch does it. There's a lot of, des- there's tons of design, uh, designers and directors and writers and creators that do it as well. And they do it really well. The best ones do it the best when they place it perfectly, you know? Yeah. But um, I forgot what I was saying. Just ran- I rambled myself into a circle. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's that, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that building world, like you said. With Akira, there's so much you could tap into for Akira. There's 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 a trilogy of films in the books. Yes, hear me. Yeah, uh, but he, he just takes some elements of that uh, and builds that, and he he doesn't have to show Akira in the films. No, no, he doesn't. You, you know, which is which is kind of the odd thing when you read the books. You're kind of like, what's Akira? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's not there at all. Yes. Uh, which I thought was actually and, and, a cool move for him. Yeah, well, I mean, a brave move. Yes. You know. But he's a content creator of its own, you know, and he's, he's one of those people that it just creates and has the ability yeah. to do so. And, yeah, just an, a huge influence. I know that he's a huge influence on you as well because we've both done, like, kind of, like, fanboy stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, I'll but never stop. What do you think about them trying to remake or make a film adaptation of it? What do you think of that? Um, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I wish they wouldn't try and remake the animation. There's no need to do no. that. Why would you? How could you even get close? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that world's perfect. But maybe look at the story again and try and pull something out of it. That's what I would do because there are so many things, even with Ghost in the Shell, because there's talk and I think that it's being created right now, actually. Um, oh. And it's just it's just interesting. I always think that whatever you do, it's gonna, these things are going to always live in the shadow of the master yes. project, you know? Yeah. It's And it's kind of, not, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I think it's a bit preposterous and a bit odd that people would think that okay, I'm going to make this better or I just want to adapt it. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends on their people's intentions, yeah. you know, like if somebody's intention is just to um, create something that they love or pay homage or do something, you know, chain, take something from one thing to the other. That's great. But yeah. And there's definitely a way, I mean, have you seen her? Have you seen that film, her? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Oh, it's fucking great. It's really yeah. great. I love it. I highly recommend it to everybody. Everybody that's listening, go watch her. If you already seen it, how awesome is it? It's really, I love it because it's just, he did a, such a really great job of creating a, a future world in with these special little context to it. If you, if, if you like that, I would highly recommend watching the show okay. black, black mirror. 
your season. Yes. Show. I freaking yes. love that uh, show. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Who's written it? Yeah, he's famous out there. Yes, he is. Uh, um, why am I if, You know. <laughs> yeah, what's gonna, killing me? Because I know his. I, I've heard his name many times. Yes. It's yes. a. It's a. It's a. Well, it's a pronounced name too. Yeah, let's Google. Uh, <laughs> Here comes the Google. Uh, because uh, if you've ever seen his old stuff, Nathan Barley, uh, which was a British uh, comedy show, which Charlie do Brooker. Recommend. Charlie Brooker, there he there is. There it is. Bam. Uh, yeah, see, I haven't John- seen any of his older stuff, but I want to though. Yes, uh, Nathan Barley. Um, is it wasn't successful at the time, but he works with Chris Morris. Mm, okay, yeah. Uh, Chris Morris is Four Lions. He directed Four Lions. Yeah, I've, I think I've uh, heard about that. I haven't seen that. He, Chris Morris um, used to, uh, did a TV series called Brass Eye, uh, and he basically surrounded himself by with everybody who had talent, uh, who was subversive. Um, Alan Partridge has come from that. Uh, all British, sorry. Uh, sorry for the references. But Charlie Brooker um, with Nathan Barley, just kind of so satirical. Uh, and I suppose Black Mirror is the darker side of that now. Yeah, I love it. It's a bit preachy. It's like a modern Twilight Zone. I bring yes. it up a lot in the podcast because I just love the adventurous take on certain things. And it's it's silly. It's got some funny bits to it and you know you, you got to take it with the light heart you know there's also that show utopia as well that i i, I love i love so much uh it's I got just started watching utopia so cool i think you're really going to enjoy it based off of our influences and stuff the score alone the score alone is just it's a fucking it's perfect it's like cliff martinez mashed with like so many awesome things uh yeah, it's just and it's all its own thing. It's just so wonderful. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't emphasize that as well. But I would highly recommend you checking out her and let me know what you think of it. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a special film. I would definitely, um, you know, just try maybe watching it alone and just kind of focus and enjoy it. It's a really cool experience. I need to watch it again actually. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's an awesome one. But let's get back. Sorry, I keep diverging to all these different random things and you were mentioning um the i think it's the blade runner poster is it the most recent one that you have with the city uh, and the umbrellas and stuff is that the one that you're referring yes, to that's okay. the one it's on your uh, website right now okay yeah uh with that one um i i, I think because I, I i was happy drawing buildings um quite happy and I, I think with that one i took a risk of leaving out a lot of the detail Mm. And, and just suggesting it uh, and as soon as I did that I think the picture grew bigger than I could have drawn because there's there's just suggestion of things in there yeah uh, yeah just little snippets from the film and I <laughs> I, I really panicked I thought oh, nobody's going to like this and I was showing it to people and they were going yeah that's really good and I went no no it's not I'm, Anyway, when I sent it to the gallery, it just flew off the shelf. That's perfect. Uh, well, yeah, but I had I had no confidence in it, so I'd only printed about forty 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I really thought nobody's going to want this. This is this is just me kind of playing around with this. And yeah, it, 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 did it work? Did it not work? I wasn't 100% sure. And it's one I've had so many requests for recently. It's like, <laughs> if any of these left, it's like, no. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, well, it has a good mood to it. Yeah, it has a good. I think because it's got it's got plenty of detail, but I think th- what you're talking about is the noir. There's, well, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's more detail drawn than is actually shown. I, I did draw all the buildings, all the details, and everything. <laughs> Everything's there. Wow, to really? Look at and then uh, okay, maybe you can do a different, a variant poster with, um, you know. Well. Th- yeah, because I, no, I was not. looking at I was looking at Sid Mead, who, who designed all the yeah. you know storyboards and things like that. I'm looking at how he worked and how he used his city color. paintings for that were fucking awesome. Yes, yeah, uh, and and they work really well in how they work. They they just suggest things are there. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose that Alaire is a director to look at it and say, well, you know, we don't have that car. We're not going to exactly have that. But he's got the right mood, I suppose. Suggestive. Yeah. yeah. His sketchbook that's, that's floating around the internet. Have you seen that? The PDF? Yes. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's great. Such a yeah. such a fun childlike imagination to just in an adult body that just rips that drawing. So good. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's what I was trying to do with that. More kind of suggestion rather than and a mood rather than detail yeah uh, and, and i'm happy with it now yeah no that's uh, cool yeah I, I, and i think my work has turned that corner in that direction at the moment yeah where you're feeling where you're not necessarily having to put everything in there is that what it is and you're yeah, able we're, to we're, yeah i'm now confident where i've got the underlying skills to draw the shape and things like that. Now it's just kind of just holding back and just putting bits in. Yeah. See it works. Uh, and, and I mean, that's the beauty of, of using a computer as, as well. <laughs> I, I can build these things up and then re- remove them on different layers and kind of play around and tweak. And uh, yeah, I, I get a bit obsessive sometimes about tweaking. And Well, I think and, that's what has yeah. got the best of like Lucas and everybody though, too. It was funny. I was listening to an interview with uh Coppola and Scorsese and they were talking about um, the influence of computers on their work and it's funny hearing them talk about it because they're they're like well we need a sky there and they're like well you know what kind of sky you want and they're like "Uh, I don't know a dramatic sky and they're like you know it's it gets kind of crazy where it becomes painterly it's more about a single frame rather than the essence of a story I suppose and so I guess it's the opposite for guys like us who create, you know, more flat art design. It's about that image rather than anything else. But um, the story that's told within that is is possibly where your art should go. You know, I suppose. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that, that's why it's good to hunt around for the references and, and and start seeing what does work and what does happen when it rains. You know. Yeah. they don't bounce like that off umbrellas but yeah you know again Frank Miller he does rain so well uh, uh, yeah damn yeah, he loves yes. you know his process how he works I've researched I've, I've, I've read all of this stuff on it it's pretty interesting he doesn't have he obviously doesn't want to exploit like everything you know but yeah. do you know how he builds all his stuff no it's pretty fascinating so what he does and this is what I've learned and read and if, forget, uh, if, if you're listening to this and you know him better than me let us know but um, 
So he will sketch thumbnails out for, I think, the entire comic. And huh. then um, he will do like rough Sharpie and pencil um, of the bodies and figures on, I think it's with transparent, um, what's that transparent tracing paper? Vellum? It's, yeah, he does use his vellum. All right. And then he draws with the red marker, the drapery and the fabric. And I'm talking about specifically for um, Sin City and his latest work. So this is how he does it. And then on top of that, then he takes that to the light box. And so he'll do that to all his work. And then what he'll do after that is he'll take all those rough sketches and then he'll take um, the light box, put the bristle board over it and paint in like really big broad strokes of all the heavy inked areas. And he does that through the whole comic. And then he goes back within the thin line and he goes, does all the thin line of all the pages. He'll do like 160 pages or something. Wow. He'll lay them all out. He'll do like five, five or six pages at a time, which I think is kind of cool. I would, I'm going to try this out, um, which is obviously it's opposite to a lot of other artists where they work on tasks, you know, but the energy yeah. flows and which I think I have a big problem with energy because I get ADD. But anyway, so he lays it all. It does all that. Then he does the thin line. And then the last step for him, which he says is his most favorite and romantic step, which I think it makes sense because it all starts to come together, is is when he paints the white back in and he's able to pull things out. So make any corrections and then paint all the all the rain, obviously, and things like that. Um, but it's fascinating process to really think about. Um, and I'm going to try this, actually. I'm in the verge of trying out all these different things. Um, to see what medium, what tool, what thing works best for me to get the ideas out, you know? Yeah. Um, which, um, I don't know, I just thought that was pretty fascinating. I, th I thought you'd yeah. probably enjoy that. Yeah, that, it makes sense because um, you can get very obsessed on one page, I suppose. Oh, but yeah. By tackling four or five pages, you probably keep it more consistent. Yeah, I think also for me... Um, and I think that that approach is made to make a lot of a big body work pretty quickly, I think, personally, yes. because um, you go in and then you paint out the form, which is basically like, OK, you have like a big every page to me is like a big square piece of marble. And then yeah. you're just chipping away and you're pulling out the main gesture. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of ludicrous, ludicrous to think that you would go and just instantly just draw a masterpiece from white paper. I used to think that and I used to try that and that's what yes. led to me being so fucking pissed for so many years because yeah. I would go like, yeah, okay, like Otomo just goes in there and draws it. <laughs> it's absolutely not the truth and, and I'm so glad yeah. I'm discovering that it's not possible. So, but, but, it, but that's yeah, but that's when people come up to you and say, "Oh, did you hand draw that?" You say, "No, I used a computer." And somehow they're disappointed, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, well, it's the same thing with people using references. Yeah. A lot of like, yes. you know, a good example of is like Kent Williams, who's a fantastic painter, but from a friend of mine who I, uh, who said that he had a good talk with him about it. He says, yeah, you know, I, I hire models. I come bring them into the studio. I light them. I set that all up. And then I use that as reference to help my yes. paintings and like, of course you do. How could you? How dare I even think that you could paint like that from just your imagination? Even normal Norman Rockwell did it too. I mean, people, you know, they they put these people on these high pedestals. Frank Frazetta as well. I mean, he would just take pictures of his wife, Ashley Wood. I mean, everybody uses references, and and it, for me, it was. I mean, it's. I guess I wish I knew that earlier because I went this whole time thinking that, dude, these not this whole time, but I knew it. But later on, but I kept thinking. 
damn, how these guys draw so damn good, you know? Well, that, I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I remember talking to some people at our college and they were like, no, no, you're supposed to pull everything out of your imagination. <laughs> and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, <why>? fucked. <laughs> no, I, I think certainly to a certain amount. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but I mean, the the idea, yeah, you're pulling that out of your imagination. But there's nothing wrong with going into a 3D package and just working out how how does that actually work. You know, how do those yeah. buildings actually relate to each other when I look at them from this angle? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having some blocks in 3D and just swiveling them around to see how it works. It's and your tool, yeah, yeah use it as this, you will. Yeah, does this composition work better than that composition? There's there's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, some people. They, you know, wow, that's that's hand drawn. It's like, well, I used a computer, <laughs> or, as as if you know. I just went into Photoshop and went to filter and say, uh, portrait, please. Yeah, <laughs> there's <laughs> a big misconception with that as yes. well. I, I think that that whole it's a bit preposterous for people to think that it's as if like let's use it as an analogy for designers. It's a, it's as if me saying, okay, you're going to design something, but you have to go and recreate the whole typeface yourself. Just go and make the typeface. It's like fuck, yes. you know. Instead of having to do that every time, you use a typeface and you just learn how to use composition and building things up together to communicate a certain thing. And you just use what you have and build from there and make it your own. And and that's what I'm going to bring up with Kent Williams and even like Ashley Wood, like their art has a feel to it. And they've managed to use inspiration and, and, and influence of, and Otomo does as well. I mean, they, everybody does, you know, like yes. he doesn't know what the damaged building looks like from his, his imagination, you know, and everybody uses their somewhat imagination. There's that guy, uh, Kim Jong Ji, you know who that is? Yes, I've got one of these books. That motherfucker. I, yes. <laughs> you watch his videos and it's like... <gasps> yeah, he's super nice. Actually, uh, Tirada, uh, Katsuya Tirada is, is kind of very similar and those guys i think are a culmination of of just drawing for no, hours no, and just no. hours and hours they're genetically created they're, <laughs> so, they're they're aliens they're not they're, <laughs> no way he's, he's, <laughs> they're a bit savant i think i think uh i think i think um there's three main characteristics that make somebody really special i think and 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 one of the big things is, is work ethic, respecting the the privilege of being able to do what they do. Um, both of those guys work insanely hard. Same with like Mobius yeah. and everybody, you know, anybody that, that did anything great is a hardworking person. The biggest fucking thing that I hate is is seeing talent in a lazy body. I just like, oh yes. man, what a waste, you know, what yeah. a waste of a person, <laughs> you know. No, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, that's it is. It is a very you, you've got to be hardworking. You, you've got to put in the hours, uh, and, and luck comes by putting in those hours as well. And inspiration comes. Uh, is it, what's the quote? Inspiration always finds you working. Yes. So, so even you know when people talk about having you know a, a creative block, I, I find that I, I don't have time for creative block. Yes. <laughs> You know, yeah. I've I've got to do something. There's no, you know, if something's frustrating me, I'll just put it to one side and do something else. Yeah, that's good. I don't do that. I I hit it. Yeah. Keep hitting the wall. I need to try that out. Actually, no. <laughs> I I honestly just put it to one side. Mm. Do something else, and then when you look at it again, you've got a fresh approach, and you know where you're going no, wrong. You're more mature than me. I get super <laughs> stubborn, and I get so pissed, and all of a sudden it's three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> but then I'm like, it looks good, so okay, I can go to sleep. I, mean, <laughs> I did something recently with uh, actually, I did something today uh, where I was drawing a portrait uh, and I'd spent about three hours on it, and I knew it wasn't right. <laughs> Damn and it, I hate after, doing after that. three hours rather than trying. Uh, an English expression is polish a turd. Yes, yes. We Rather use that than here do too. that, <laughs> I just deleted it and started again. And oh, what it, a boss. Yes, and it, I did the same amount of work with about half an hour because I, I knew all the shortcuts. Uh, and yeah, it, I, different direction, completely better work. That's a much more mature way of going about well, it. Too. That's only, being less precious about your work, which is a yeah, lesson that I've, we've all had to learn, I think. I've only done that recently. Really? That's good, though. Um, yeah, it's, it's only recently that I, I did something. And, you know, when you get past that point where you've put so many hours into it. Oh, yeah. You can't let it go that it's got to be good. <laughs> it's got, there's something got to come of this. And yes. I, I, I did one, I think, it was about three or four days worth of work. Oh, jeez. It, it was really kind of, it's not working, but I've really got to find out how to make it work. Yeah, yeah. And then in the end, it was like, no, just just delete it just get rid of it just start again yeah yeah that's uh, a mature way i think that's well i've only done it twice <laughs> <laughs> well you're on to something right because when we break everything down all our effort is just comprised into time you know the richest yes. man the poorest man we all live on the same currency which is time and sure. uh and time is the deciding factor so what you do with that time and the efforts that you do in order yes. to make the best out of that time is what's going to just What's going to show basically is how much work you're able to get done and how good you're going to be and effective. It's been I mean, hitting me right in the face lately. <laughs> <laughs> I've been posting a lot of kind of fucked up shit to everybody on the th feeds. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but the the whole your whole life comprised into weeks, which are in squares, and you can. Oh yes, I did see that. <laughs> 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 so many people were so upset about it but then there were some people that embraced it and i think that if you embrace these things um and you just look at them as almost not necessarily being a cup is half empty because my i put it in my office and my wife walks in she's like that's fucking depressing you know <laughs> like no on the contrary like i'm not gonna look at it every day but every sunday i'm gonna try and remember to pencil that in and i'll look at it and go did I work my ass off this week? Did I did I learn yes. something special? You know, like you got to be cautious of your time. We only have so much, you know, time. And I don't know. I'm just obsessed with growth, you know. So, well, I mean, will it ever stop? Will we ever get to that day where you think, oh, that's it? I've learned everything now. No, no, never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll I'm go just going to be tormented. Yeah, I'll go on holiday and just lie in the sun for a week. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps yeah. I sometimes fantasize about that but that just means I'm working hard so then yes. I go yeah then I go well, okay I, it's time I, to work harder <laughs> I mean do you have uh, the same thing where I have kind of two work paths I have my this is kind of commercial work and these things work uh, and I know like I think I mentioned before these things will get the job done and these yeah. tricks will work. And then the other path is like, I have not a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and, and every so often something from that path moves over to the other path. Yes. Uh, something new. Cause you could like, you've got to keep challenging yourself. You've, you've got to keep fresh. You've got to find the latest things. Um, and I mean, even if you're not going to have a career in it, like you say about a designer, 
you don't have to design a typeface to understand them, yeah. but have a go at designing one. Even if it you fail and you get halfway through it, it's, it's only going to improve your understanding of what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. You I know, think that everybody should do as much as you can in what, the field yeah. that you love, yeah. It's, it's, I, I do like playing around with like 3D packages in, in you know, Infinity, uh, Cinema 4D now. It's a dark sorry. hole, dude. It's <laughs> a black hole. So, but it, it's, I, I don't think, you know, if somebody came along and said, oh, we need a job, can we have it? I'd be like, no, sorry, you know, my, my, my brain doesn't work properly in, in 3D packages. I can get there. Same. I, I have uh, a real problem with it too. Yeah, but, but I understand now when I'm talking to somebody who is a 3D designer and does use a 3D package, I can yeah. half explain and half understand what they're talking about. Yes. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then that makes it easier for my work. Um, yes. Well, yeah, you're, just, you're just speaking languages then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, I, you do, if you're if you're a director or something, and you're working in future sci-fi stuff, and you don't understand how Maya works or something, yes. uh, you know, like good luck with you, or you don't understand how to edit, or you know, uh, yeah, I think you should understand those languages. That way, you really understand, you know, yeah, like James Cameron. I think I've heard from everybody that's worked with him that are some of the most talented people I know. They say that James Cameron is more talented than them and can do their job better than them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like fuck man like who the <laughs> hell is this guy how dare he you know like he can just he can draw he can film he can edit it he can write you know it's he's just one of those uh he doesn't have time <laughs> savage bit he doesn't have time exactly yeah and, he's, he, and he spends it doing whatever he decides he wants to do <laughs> yeah. i always think to myself and you know even, even like steve jobs for example like what is a, a normal day for a guy like steve jobs when he's in his prime what is that like how many people does he have working with him just to yeah. get his day through and you know does he sleep how much does he sleep um and and it might sound weird and perhaps maybe i do sound weird forgive me if i do but i kind of think well what if i apply those kind of notions and applications to myself you know yes is that possible does that are you walking in similar footsteps when you start to discover what a successful person does and how they've managed to do the things that they are doing you know and, well, you kind of, um, I suppose this is the obsession. You, you're looking for that, how do, you know, that route. How do I do this? How, how sure. do I, they're successful. What works for them? Does it work for me? Uh, and like I said, I, I, I don't think there's one single path you could take. Oh, no, no. There's, yeah. there's a general road, but the, there are no rules of, yeah, if you want to do, you, you know, if, if you want to be a, an artist, an illustrator, a graphic designer, you have to do this, 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 and this. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, you, you can. Yeah, you, some, you can do yeah. that. And that, that is a, but you're going to be right behind somebody else. Yes. Yeah, you, in their you know, shadow. I, I know people who are graphic designers that have uh, studied English at school, you yeah. know, and, and not been near a computer. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, that, you know, you, you can be looking, you can have the talent. Um, and it, it's it's really the hard work that backs it up. Yeah, uh, you, you know, and and then when you start dealing with clients, it's you know reliability. You know, being able to deliver things on time. Yeah, you know, it's 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 no good if you're producing absolutely excellent work, but it's it's not to time. Uh, and it's it's marrying marrying all those things together really. But it, I've I've found it's. Uh, you know, talent's great, but you, you've really got to put the 
the effort behind it as well. Oh, absolutely. I think um, <clears throat> I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the the notion of talent, so to speak, because I know that it takes so much more beyond just your God given gifts, you know, to do excellent work or to be an excellent um, craftsman or woman, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, when when I, I think of talent, though. You kind of think about that natural talent where somebody just knows to put something in the right place. They don't, they've not read the book. They just, there's some intuition perhaps that says that visually it's better to put something here than it is there. What but, is that? Uh, well, is it that kind of, is it osmosis where just the ability to know that something feels right? Yeah. Whereas most of us now, we start using grids and, and we start working out why things work well and, you know, golden section starts coming into play. Yeah. But I've, I've done it myself. You know I, know, I know all them kind of grid systems and all the rules, but sometimes you just put something down on a page and you just know that's the right area to put it in. And then afterwards you realize that, you know, you've, you've managed to work in threes or you've worked at the right angle and things like that. Sure. It could also be, I think with that, when you're using that as a scenario of, of plausibility, it could also be that people are observing a little bit more, they're a little bit more aware of their surroundings than others, you know? Yeah. And that allows for them to see a situation and go, oh, like I've seen this in another design and I felt it, and it reminds me of this, or uh, I can try this now, or I can have this option to, to to attempt, you know. And I think that's where a lot of what quote unquote talent is. I think it's observation, you know. There's many things, obviously, but I just always question that because I I find it to be interesting, you know. I've grown up with people telling me that oh you're talented this and that, and I don't know if I subscribe to that. Notion. No, yeah, it's, it's always that thing as well. You. You know, it's nice when somebody says you're talented. Oh, yeah, it, it's incredibly it, nice. It's It kind of dismisses the fact that you've worked really hard yes, <laughs> so to, yeah. to get to that position. That it, It's not something that you just wake up and just go, oh, you know, <laughs> that's half an hour's worth of work. I'm off now for the rest of the day. Yeah, there, there are some people I know that are like that and they found a niche, but <clears throat> um, not necessarily, but it's their buildup, you know, they're, they've acquired a given years of knowledge and stuff but yeah i don't know i'm <clears throat> sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i'm just curious that, that this stuff like really makes me really curious about like is there is it is it true and and um how do people become talented or become better at what they do by just being themselves and i don't know if i subscribe to certain things but there are some people like we talked about last time was uh or this time for people that are listening uh the kim jung Yes, the guy, you know, like <clears throat> his abilities. Um, but that could possibly be an incredible work ethic, you know, that we're just not really privy to because we didn't stay there and watch his career grow for the past twenty years, you know. Yes. So, I, I mean, I always like the uh, the documentary of the the Beatles that that said that basically, you know, for what is it for two years they played like six nights. You know, and had to play a set, two-hour set every night. Ooh, yeah. And, and they were actually running out of songs. So then, you know, they had to learn songs as quickly as they could for the next night. And they have to then start keeping it fresh for themselves so they're not repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah, You know, so I think that was out in Hamburg. So like two, three years of that before they come back to the UK and then start playing what they, you know, what goes on to become famous. Yeah. 
But it's so, they're designed through that situation, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, you the, know, the attrusion lot, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, a lot of hard graft, a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, experimentation, trying things, seeing what works, what doesn't work. It's pretty amazing, though, you know? I think that there's... I was thinking about that pretty... <laughs> Pretty significantly re- recently, actually thinking about what makes a, a great person and, and the, the, the application of what it is, you know, and, and the situations that enable a great person to be. Um, <clears throat> there's a story I always remember my mom telling me about, I think she was just trying to coax me into eating like a vegetable or something, <laughs> which is great. I, I was really blessed and thankful. My mom was a actual chef and she was really into food. And so we, we, we ate really well growing up, very healthy and stuff. But there was this one story she told me about, and I, I don't know if it's real. Half the story my mom told me, I don't know, you know, but there was a story about a, a long time ago, I guess like on a sailing ship, they had, you know, all the slaves below. And they would peel all the potatoes because, you know, potatoes would last long enough to go on these voyages. And they'd be peeling the potatoes and then feeding the the tasty inside bits to the crew up up top. And then the one, the crew on the bottom would eat all the potato potato skins. But there's so much more vitamins, obviously. It doesn't taste as good, but there's so much more of the nutrients of the potato that's in the skins. And so, anyways, long story short is that the crew on top gets sick and they can't fight off these diseases because they don't have these vitamins that their body needs and so they 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 fade off and so the the moral of the story is you know eat your damn vegetables <laughs> no it's it's you know the, the the you know not everything i was reading a quote from mobius or like a, a blurb from mobius and he was saying that to, to live is to suffer in a way but it's not it's how you look at that suffering as being a part of the solution or a part of the uh um a part of the experience you know and <laughs> to be human and to grow you know I, mean, I, I suppose that's like uh, if you look at uh, our portfolios that are online, we're putting the best bits out there. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the kind of key jobs, the jobs that we're really happy with. And maybe what people don't see is the fact that there's 80% of the other work that goes on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scenes that, you, you know, that, that make a successful artist, illustrator, that, you know, even basic things like admin. Yeah. Yeah, you know, being kind of correct and functional with that kind of backs up what you're doing right at the top as well. Yeah, absolutely, and that's just part of um, that's part of this this game, though. That's really what I think it is. It's part of the the self-propelling game, you know, that we play because you know you can only show so much of yourself to the public eye. I think um, yeah. because, people, like we talked about before, that people can only buy what they can see so you don't want to sell them something that you don't want to be you know so that's just big good business so you know like if if you're trying to sell a bag of avocados why would you put out just one orange you know it's like that's this is illogical but a lot of people do that you know and i think um especially students or um, people that are beginning in the career choice they try to spread themselves thin and try to get so many different options and myself included i did that same thing but I don't know. It can it can backfire on you because you might, you know, I don't know. But I think that's due to to a lack of understanding as to who you are and what you're trying to do. So yeah, you're trying to find your way. I mean, a lot of uh, my work is is all in you know NDA'd anyway, so it's it's kind of stuff that I can't show if I wanted to. Yeah, that's a bummer, you know, huh? 
Yeah, it's all locked in internal meetings and, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and kind of four-year plans to, get to to bring things to the market and things like that sometimes. so Yeah, which is very challenging. How do you deal with that with all the NDAs and stuff? Do you, do you read them all over or do you have your, um, like your publishers or is it your manager? Uh, yeah, my agent will, will receive some, but I mean, one NDAs, you know, they're pretty straightforward. They're, you know, they're asking you not to release any of the material. Um, I mean, this is when, uh, for people who, who don't know, sometimes you can deal with uh, like a company and there can be a three-year research and development process. So I can, I do work with Lego, so I, I can get brought in to visualize what this toy is going to look like or what the play activity is going to be. Um, and it, it's mainly for internal meetings so they can see, and then it can be about three years before you might see that product on a shelf. Yeah. If, if it makes it through the process at all. What's your feelings on that, doing work like that? Uh, I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah, you, you know, They're not listening. I'm just joking. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that, They're tuning uh, in on your words right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the audience. Uh, you know, some of it does go out to public, and it's great. Some of it hangs from a billboard, which is really good. Some of it, when you flick through a book or a magazine. And then some of it is, you know, is internal. Um uh, you know, I get paid. It's good money. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and 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 you can't turn down that kind of work when it comes your way as well. Uh, I mean, especially with Lego. I, sometimes I get, as well as getting paid, I get sent a load of Lego. So, <laughs> so my kids are extremely happy about that. Yeah, we have a Lego land pretty close to, next to me actually, which is awesome. <laughs> which I actually really enjoy beyond. Um, um, the Disneyland and the Disney World and all that stuff—it's it's cool. Like I like the the thought that goes into that. Speaking of too, we just I just rewatched this the Lego Movie with my daughter this morning. Yeah, how fun is that film? It's so much fun. That's, that's such a clever film. Yeah, as well. the and writing you know, is so much fun. Yes, uh, I I took the kids to see that. I, I think it's it's one of those clever films that works on both levels really. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean the parents are engaged and enjoying it and along with the kids and got that Pixar quality to it. The guys that wrote that, I guess wrote 21 drum street, which All is, right. which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. you know, like the most recent ones. Which yeah. It's cool. But that was a good, that was one of the good remakes. I think recently it was the remake that I think, um, yeah, I remember going, okay, finally they're getting the remake thing figured out. It's not reinvent the wheel. It's, or yeah. not, it's not to go back and, and redo that. It's, it's to create a new, experience you know which yeah. is what they did and i felt like it was a good homage but it also a new chapter in the book you know so yeah it's fun i never even watched the original ones really though like i knew the premise and some basics and stuff but um so i, I can't really speak on the terms of details of it but yeah it seemed cool yeah, I, I mean, I'm saying I think it was just a, a was it Johnny Depp was in it or something like that? The original. Yes, thing? the original I think had Johnny Depp in it. I think it was more famous for Johnny Depp being in it than I can't remember the stories or anything like that. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that those guys have it kind of cleverly on. And I, I was really sitting there thinking and analyzing the script as I was listening to it, going like damn they really must have had uh, a core group of smart people that were 
that were aware that okay yeah this might not sell more legos but yes. it's good for the brand because it's real in a weird yes. way if that makes any sense at all i, I, I think so because yeah. yeah you didn't walk out of there thinking I've, I've just watched an advert for toys yeah yeah you know you 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 did go out and probably you know i i did go out and buy a couple of boxes related to the film for the kids <laughs> <laughs> and not for myself but, you know. <laughs> the truth comes out yeah <laughs> but no no it, it was an entertaining uh cleverly thought out film really I think. yeah yeah i agree yeah. yeah i think it was um yeah just one of those one of those experiences that was was enjoyable it was one of those films of recent time that was I went to the theater and I was like, oh, that was fun. You know, that was, uh, it was worth the money that I put into it, which was what you should feel after experiencing a film, I think, you know, but, but, you know, you, you never know. Everybody's got a different reaction. They might be breaking up with a girlfriend or something. They go see your film. They hate your film. You never know. So, but it was, it was a cool experience for us. We enjoyed it. So, yeah, there's, there's so many films out there too. What I wanted to talk about too, I'm going to switch topics is that we need to focus back on your career and all that kind of stuff there was um a lot of people um i'm not sure with you as well but they get they get really asky about process and the the, right. the 3d thing that a lot of people ask me about and i only use one 3d software really yeah. um and i noticed that you use us at least for some of the projects i saw you're using cinema 4d Yes. Uh, I use it a lot. Not a lot. When it comes to 3D stuff, I do because there's no way I can make those things in, in Photoshop and kill myself. Um, yeah. Is that one of your main 3D programs that you uh, mess with? I, yeah. Uh, I've, I play with Poser occasionally as well. If, if, I'm, if I'm really needing a figure and, and can't work out the angle or it's just not working out right, I'll, I'll use Poser mm-hmm. uh, with the figures so I can just play around with that. But I think for non-3D people, Cinema 4D is the, the package because it's you can just it's so easy to use. It really the, is. Uh, I have I did try playing around with some of the others, uh, Lightwave, Maya, um, and things like that. But the, I think the learning curve was so steep, um, and and you know 3D is one of those areas where you can do modeling. You can do texturing, you can do lighting, and, and each one is a, a profession in itself. Yeah. Uh, really. So I'm, I'm happy with Cinema 4D. It allows me to push things around easy enough um, without getting too complicated. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those softwares. I, I have a real big problem with most of the big softwares because it's just like a black hole. And, and, and yeah. for guys like you and I that, that like to draw, or and I and I don't know about you, but I'm very impatient, so I like immediate return. <laughs> yeah. Every day I have to see something that at the end of the day, I have to like send myself the JPEG of what I worked on so I can look at it on my phone when I, before I go to sleep to go, okay, I was okay. Yeah. If I don't have that, I get pissed off. <laughs> and uh, which I really am ashamed of myself because... I think it would be really good if I dedicated time to understanding these programs because they could build so much more. The possibilities yeah. would be exponential. Do you have that same thing? And is that why you're using cinema? Yeah, uh, I, I, exactly the same thing. I think I would love to sit with somebody who's a, a professional at it and just kind of <laughs> look over the shoulder and just learn a few bits and pieces. Uh, and and it's, it's a time thing. Like you say, I, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's impatience. Sometimes it's just a deadline that I'd, I'd love to have the spare time to sit down and play. Uh, 
But yeah, I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the same. I really need to see something at the end of the day. I've, I've finished something. I've, I've done it. And uh, I, I, I have, uh, I think you saw one, uh, Millennium Falcon model. Yes, that's what I was talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's been an ongoing. You tweet. made that. Yes. And that's been crazy. Guys. Yeah. And, and, yeah. But it's, it's probably about eight months with the <laughs> <laughs> fiddling about. Um, and that, that drawing, um, and that, that that image, I think that's probably one of my longest images. That, that's, the process that's to get it done. Yeah, because I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I tried building it, and I gave up, and I did something else, and then you know, when I, I was talking about like creative block and things like that, sure, it's one of those where I'd spend two hours with some free time, get frustrated, and then just leave it alone and go and do something else. Yeah. And then come back to it maybe in a couple of weeks' time and, and get something else right and then go off and do something else again. Uh, yeah, and, and so that one was a lot of tweaking to get it there. It's it's not something I could... If somebody asked me tomorrow to sit down and, and make something else, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of tweaking and playing around. It is, yeah, and I can't imagine. Um, did you model it all in cinema as well? Uh, yeah. Damn. Uh, Did you do like, um, cause I've noticed that some people use, they'll use like illustrator to create the shapes and then. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, if, if we're talking about process, I think my main tool is illustrator. Yeah. And I just know illustrator absolutely backwards and it's got some 3d capabilities, but it's, it's really not built. It's crude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so therefore I'll, I'll find it easier to quickly mock a, something up uh, and then put it into uh, Cinema 4D. And I, I know enough to be able to get into Cinema 4D and wrap an, an object with a, a texture and things like that. Uh, and I just find instead of doing it in Illustrator and, and spending two hours doing it, I can quickly open Cinema 4D and just do it in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's built for. Uh, and then output the image uh, and take it into Photoshop and then start playing around in Photoshop. Yeah, I think you nailed it exactly where you said that you kind of understand your destination. So that I couldn't agree. I couldn't phrase that better because before you jump into these time-crunching things, like you should be very aware of your destination and where you'd like to go. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, if not, <clears throat> you'll, you'll get lost. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, with, with the, the Star Wars ones uh, images that I've done recently they I, I like the fact that I'm using the 3d as a tool but not as the final step mm. uh, so that when I take it into Photoshop and and then in Photoshop I'll, I'll redraw what I want from it yeah so I, I'm just using the shape the position I'd maybe throw a bit of lighting on it just to see how that works and then in Photoshop I'll, I'll redraw the whole thing so Hopefully, it doesn't look like it's been done in 3D when it's finished. Yeah, fixed. that's the goal, right? I guess it yeah. depends that that's the goal if that's what you want, you know? So, yeah, yeah I do a lot of the, That's a lot of the, a lot of the times when I do anything and I pull something from 3D, I'm trying my best to, like, degrade it into a sense where it feels tangible, not yeah. like a typical, you know, Fresnel shader and all that kind of stuff. Because that's that's all awesome if that's your goal. But for me, I'm trying to make something that looks... Ex- you know, something outside of the 3D realm, but it has, it comes from the same lineage, I suppose, you know, so 
which I guess is key, but it, I like, you know, we just talked about it. it's all about what your destination is and wh- why you're going there and stuff. So, and discovering that and stuff. So, but I just think it's interesting. And I found that to be interesting about your process. Not a lot of illustrators that I know or artists in general <clears throat> use cinema. I have a couple of friends that use it exceptionally well. Um, like just amazing at it and they've created stuff that they've worked on movies and done like whole visual effects sequences using mostly cinema which is awesome and it looks great so I, I've seen the potential and the power yeah it's uh, like I said it's, it's got all the tools in there yeah uh, you, you could have to spend longer in I, I would have to spend longer in there trying to get used to like I said that even the lighting it's so complex in, yeah in, uh, how you position a light in an ad fog and all this kind of stuff. It you can buy a lighting kit though, like from Grayscale Gorilla. Yes. I think that guy has lighting kits. Yeah. Sometimes I've I've done things like that. You can go onto some uh, great websites or on some brilliant forums, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes I might pick up uh, like there's a gun reference. Uh, you know which, which guns they've been using in such and such a film, so that, yeah. or which or which vehicle, you know, which car has been used, or a police car and things like that, and all. I can go on a forum. You can, you know, people are happy to share some of the models. And again, I'll take them into Cinema 4D and maybe just twist them into roughly the right angle that I like, uh, just so I can work out what's going to happen and, and things like that. And then again, go into Photoshop or Illustrator and then just redraw, add the details in and things like that afterwards. Yeah, it's a cool process. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I'm, and, and like I said, I, I use poser sometimes for things like that. Um, you know, if I just want a crowd or something like that, I can quickly put a lot of people together in poser and just find the angle uh, and then just see what happens. And then, again, take it over into Photoshop and then redraw what I need from it. Yeah, that's cool that you use Illustrator, though. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be... Uh, you know, I, I, Illustrator's kind of been my main tool and... Uh, I'm, I've I've got bad. I I draw every line with a brush in uh, Illustrator. Really? I, Damn! I don't draw in there. I can't. I can't stand oh, it. You got to show me your techniques because yeah, oh, oh, it annoys the crap out of me. Uh, I I was using the the brush tool and it's got a really good pressure sensitive uh, thing going on in Illustrator. Do you do like hashing and stuff like cross hatching? Does it? Yeah, like- uh, and and then using uh, a Wacom to kind of draw in there. Sure. Uh, but then I would draw every single line, and every single line's are then an editable path. <laughs> and then I'd go in and start oh, yeah. playing and start deleting, and uh, yeah, getting really caught up. Uh, and I, I've just recently moved over to uh, Photoshop from Illustrator because I think I was killing Illustrator. I was I was producing really big files. That, <laughs> that kind of uh, a couple of times it. They uh, dropped into preview only mode, so we're all black and white because it couldn't handle it anymore. All the nodes, all the all the yeah. animation. Yeah. Uh, so then I'd, I'd end up having to convert all the paths to lines and things like that, and it was like, "What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with my life?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so so now I've got into kind of Photoshop, and yes, I, I think it was kind of mad or CD moment where. I just had to be able to edit every single mark I'd made just in case. <laughs> That's one thing we talked about too, is that using traditional medium and the honesty yes. of the traditional medium and how it, it removes you from trying to be perfect, you know? Yeah. 
and some aren't isn't in supposed to be or intended to be no. you know which is is also very interesting you know it, it i mean i i i do like to get a sketchbook and and draw pencils and pens and things like that but i i just find that uh with a wacom i can go straight into illustrator um and it, it just saves me a lot of time if I can do a quick scre- uh, sketch in Illustrator or Photoshop, create a JPEG, send it to the client, see if the client thinks, uh, and then back into Illustrator to start doing the, the drawing. Yeah, which is, I think I mean I guess um, yeah I, I think it's I think it's within reason that these things these tools will help you be more successful. Yes. It's just within, I guess it's within reason. So at least you got aware of going, oh crap, like I'm, I'm using this too much or I'm causing myself to go a little bit mental. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, they do, I mean, like any tool, if you, if you use brush or pencil, they, they force a little bit of their style uh, and their constraints onto you, whatever you're doing. So that, yeah. you know, don't expect, you know, kind of a, a, a brush effect with a pencil and things like that. And it's the same with Illustrator. Illustrator's good uh, for producing very slick, very clean things. Uh, and then when you go into Photoshop and you want to, you know, you want to dirty something up, you can do it with layers and, uh, and you know, and adding this and adding that. And But it's so much quicker just to get a piece of paper and just get a paintbrush and just make a mark on it. Yeah, yeah. I was drawing the other day and I was getting pissed at Photoshop because there was a stupid delay in the brush. Yes. Yes. Oh, I just want to punch the computer every time that happens. So anytime I want to draw something at 300 DPI, no yeah. matter how powerful my computer is, it still like lags. It just drives me nuts. So yeah, well, I, I mean, I I do the same. I I, I try to work at 600 DPI. Just, oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, just so that I have got that flexibility. If I want, if suddenly it's it needs to be bigger than it uh, you know they've asked originally yeah and then i want it to double the size so i work at 600 dpi and some stages where it's like well oh, i'm waiting for it to save i'll go and make a cup of tea yeah <laughs> do you have a pretty powerful computer do you use a macintosh uh, or a pc i i, I try to what i've always done I've, I've always worked with the with an apple uh and i tried to get the workstation and I try to put in as much RAM as I can afford. <laughs> How much and are you I, running now? I have 32, I think, right now. Let's have, 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 have a look. I think it is 32. Nerd, yes, 32. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, RAM's not too bad at the moment. It's, it's no, so cheap. it's very affordable. I think I could put 64 in my current machine. But and I, it's, I don't know if it's I, probably cheaper to put RAM in. Uh, they're not great straight. You, you know, the time. Yeah. You know. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I always kind of go for the workstation so I can fill it with uh, hard drives and run two monitor cards as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, my setup, I have uh, the a Wacom Cintiq for drawing, so you can draw direct on the screen now. Is it a 21 UX? Which one do you have? It's it's a 21 UX. It's the older oh, one. Yeah, I have that one too. Do you have like it on the Ergotron or whatever arm? Yes. Awesome. We have the same setup. Yes. And, and I'm really happy with that. Me too. Uh, yeah, it works great. Yeah, it means I can watch a film on one screen and, and work on the other. People are loving this because I get asked this all the time, so this is helping, I'm sure. So, continue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's it's really handy because it, it means that I can 
have all my palettes on one screen yeah. and drop directly on on that. Um, it's 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 weird if you're going down the Wacom route. Um, my first Wacom I bought was one of the smaller ones, the bamboo, I think. The look, the look, they were they grey then? Yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> and honestly, I did. I I couldn't do it. I, I, people were saying, "Oh, they're great," you, you know. It'll really, <laughs> and I just couldn't get that you were drawing here and it were moving up there yeah. and hand. And then I got the. Somebody said, "Well, if you're struggling with that, get the bigger." I think it's. A for a letter size ones for Americans. Yeah, yeah. And I found that a lot easier. Sure. Uh, that was that felt more natural. Did the same thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then I bought one of the twelve-inch ones when they first came out. Yeah, that one. I remember that one too. My last yeah. one was a pretty large one. Yeah, and I've I've still got that. I still take. I carry that around with me if I'm, if I'm ever traveling. Just I can pull that out and connect it to my laptop. Uh, and and that just blew my mind. That that was what I always wanted from a computer. Was to be know? able to draw, but not yeah, to, yeah, to be able to draw on, on screen uh, and be able to see. And there is a small There's lag. A ton of hardware on those things too, just kind yes. of pain in the ass. I wish they had put it all into the thing and make it maybe even just make it a little bit heavier. But yeah, sure. the inconvenience of all those wires and stuff. It's like damn, yeah, dudes. Uh, I think they do. I mean, they've done that with the new one now, but... Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I'm just waiting for, like, Apple or somebody to well, come up with something like that, you know? But I don't know if they ever will. I think they're even going to start eliminating the larger monitors. I know, because I, I still have the 30-inch monitor. Yeah. Because I love it, because I just love to see things a lot bigger, especially when I design. It's I'm constantly, like, tilting my head and, like, leaning back. and But it's, yeah. it just really helps to have more canvas space. I, I heard they were doing, like, a 180 screen. Oh, as wow. well, which is like a bending screen, but I'm not sure if that's true. It's just I saw it on some kind of like geeky forum thing, <laughs> which I thought would be pretty interesting too to have a screen that would kind of warp around you in a sense. But instead of having multiple monitors, it would just kind of be one big workspace, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm happy with multiple monitors, I think. Yeah, uh, well, we're used to it, you know? I am too. I'm, I'm used to having that setup, you know, the Wacom on the left for my left hand and then yeah. the design monitor on the right, which I use for both things, but yeah. Yeah, and the keyboard just hovers between the two then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm at, do you use, because I draw with my left and use the keyboard to my right? Yes, I, I well, I'm so I'm, yeah, so I've got a mirror image of what you've got, basically. Yeah, awesome. Yes. yes. Yeah, which is, seems to be, it seems to work really well. For me, I, I don't really care what it is. I just want to get going, you know? And yes. anytime, that's why I switched from PC. All the PC guys or people that are listening are going to be like, you know, but dude, PCs suck. <laughs> I yeah, hate them. I mean, <laughs> the the, the yeah. antivirus, and they're just designed to, to, to require attention and stuff. And hey, I get it. it. It's a lot cheaper and you can, you know, you can adjust it and do all these cool things to it. That's awesome. But I don't really care about that. My client doesn't really care about that. It's just I want to get the job done and on time and turn the computer off and turn it on and then it does its job and then I leave, you know, so. Well, I mean, that's it. That's I need something that's reliable. Uh, and I, I suppose when people argue about the price difference, I'm just paying for a bit more reliability. It's, it's, yeah. it's good to be able to get under the hood and tinker and add sure. this and, and do all that, but... I, I really, I just need it to come out of the box and just, 
just sit there and work. Well, the cool uh, thing is too, you can still do that with a, a Mac de- a desktop. You know, like my yeah. Mac Pro, I can take out the vi- the video card and swap that out, or swap out my hard drives yeah. or the RAM. I could do it all myself. It's not yeah. there. I mean, of course, with the PC, you can build a crazy one. And I was looking really into it about running a parallel or running uh, OS X on one and just building. Because for the price, you're going to get double the computing power. Yes. Usually, that's what it is. Yeah. But then I started to think to myself, like, well, you know, um, I'm not trying to be a Maya superstar guy, you know. So I guess it's okay. Um, you know, it's always nice to have a faster computer, one that works symbiotically without any lag. That's the best. But yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we've we've reached that stage in computing as well, where I think when you were you know, maybe five years ago when you're trying to squeeze every bit of speed and performance out of a computer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think now when, you know, with all the quad cores and quadruple quad cores, whatever they've got out now. Triple duple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the speeds are, are, are there now. It's, uh, yeah. they could be faster. <laughs> yeah, they can be faster. If, if Cause you know, it's 6k image, you know, like, oh fuck. <laughs> 8k. Oh crap. <laughs> no. Wait to the Oculus experience, you know, the VR full-on rep world, you know? (laughs) So it's it's just like holding a pen in real life. (laughs) It's just like living, but you're living somewhere else. It's like, (laughs) wait for the computing power of that. That's going to be, have to be savage. Yes, true. Yeah, I I agree with you, though. For the, the, the mundane, typical thing, yeah, it's getting closer, you know? Yeah, and, and... Whenever new kit comes out, I, I tend to just wait until everybody else has kind of beta tested it before. Oh, yeah. Me too. Before I, yeah, I'll take it on because I, I can't afford to have downtime as such. Me too. I uh, I'm I uh, I think the last time I did any of that, I think I up I upgraded uh, my phone with an update without waiting. I just did it. I didn't even realize that it was just fresh. And I yeah. was regretting it for like a week because there were so many mess ups at the phone. I was like, damn it. Because I usually <laughs> like to just let everybody do that. Like you're saying, let everybody yeah. guinea pig test it. And then like three weeks later or something, once they ironed it out. Time. Yeah, exactly. Same yeah. thing for th- everything. Even like Photoshop and stuff has the same kind of, you know, they don't, they don't, there's so many factors to these things. They, they have no clue of what's going to affect, or, you know, everybody. And so when they they really release a product and they really understand what their product can do once they release it to people to use it and and change things and break things and all that well, kind of stuff i mean i i, I currently on my system i've i, I run uh, i run the latest illustrator but i also run creative CS4. cloud uh, yes yeah. uh, but i also run cs4 and cs6 on hey, me too what the hell yeah because on CS4 in Illustrator, this is getting really geeky, it has <laughs> a really good mesotint filter. Mm, yeah. Which for some, some reason, they, they decided to get rid of that. Uh, I hate know. when that happens. You get yes. comfortable with the tool and they're like, yeah, take it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll just ignore that one. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, it's almost the same, but it just doesn't render things as well in, in the latest version. So mm. every so often I'll, I'll jump into to that. Uh, yeah, and other tools as well, kind of all the standard. I like using After Effects occasionally hmm. to play around with that and, uh, and InDesign as well. Yeah, um, when you're doing presentations and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, part of, you know, kind of my job history is being more of a designer. So, you know, 
putting books together and, and things like that. And, and you know, InDesign's really good for kind of those work. Editorial, yeah. 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 Where I've seen people who still edit pages in Illustrator and it's like, well, that's, you know, that's wrong. <laughs> you you, you want to be using kind of InDesign to, <laughs> yeah. to, to kind of change things and, and type. You know, you, you're going to get your best rendering out of InDesign, not Photoshop for, oh, for yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, it's editorial based. All, um, I think all magazines that I even that I know of are mostly all created using InDesign as at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I hate yeah. that program. <laughs> it hates me too. It's so buggy. Uh, I, I mean, because I'm so used to using uh, InDesign and Photoshop, and yeah. I feel like the t- the teams that um, had developed, you know these different programs were kind of opposed in interest and it's fine. I'm, I don't hate it. I use it. I just, it, it, ha, it has a lot of moments where I'm trying to get something done. I have to go to sleep and we've been working for 20 hours and it just decides to hide things for me or, you know, <laughs> like it decides to like not allow something. And I, you know, like just like the other day I was trying to send out a PDF and I made all the background image, all the backgrounds on the document black. And then I went to the master control master page to change the number and i changed the number to white and it wouldn't show up so i would have to delete all the backgrounds from the whole document <laughs> go to the master document change that to black then adjust back it's just like dude you shouldn't have to do that you know and then what if i wanted one of the backgrounds to be white it's just ah it's so so fucked up but that's just one of the examples where i just feel like i get hosed when i don't want to you know when i'm trying to get something done but all in all, it is a powerful program. I probably use it once a week, at least, just when I'm sending yeah. out presentations and stuff. And I have friends that live in it. They swear by it. They create art, actually, like graphics and stuff oh. in it. I'm like, whoa, like, you understand <laughs> that Illustrator exists, right? It's called Illustrator. And Photoshop is called Photoshop, you know. But yeah, no, that's cool. Do you use um, anything outside of like the Adobe platform or Cinema 4D that is something that you use quite often or... Uh, I'm just trying to start using uh, Manga Studio. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've, a lot uh, of people have been telling me about this. Well, I mean, the, first of all, they've been practiced. They've been almost giving it away. The The price is, is so cheap. That, yeah, it's incredibly affordable. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I'd, I'd had it and I bought a book and I hadn't had a chance to really look at it and then... I think I'd played with it and I was trying to do things in it that I, I was, I was trying to do the same things I do in Illustrator in it and I wasn't, <laughs> and, and that's not going to work. No, uh, yeah. So I put it down again and then somebody the other day showed me some of the character positionings that you can do with it and they have a, a 3D section now in, in the latest one and you can do a bit of posing where you start playing around with the character and moving him into positions and it, it gives you nice contours to show you where the flow of uh, the body goes and the figure goes and I was so impressed with that. That's but, uh, cool. I never yeah. even heard about that. Yeah, so... It's good for posing for just anatomy, yes. huh? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. If, if you just want to get the kind of... To work out the shape and the form of where things go, and then you can draw clothes on top and things like that, or hair direction. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems to be gaining some ground. Uh, so I'm going to keep my eye on that, I think, and, and just dip my toe in every so often. Yeah, I, that's uh, cool. Yeah, I, I think uh, I need to kind of maybe just invent a project to 
to try and play around with it and try and learn how to use it. That's a way. That's a good way to approach these things as well. Is to do that. Just that is to possibly yeah. have a roadmap. So you're like, okay, today I'm going to draw like a figure, and I'm just going to kind of spend the time in this program learning how to do that and explore that. There's also this 3D program that my friend Miche works with a lot with his 3D stuff or just Photoshop craziness. Is a D A Z 3D Daz 3D. Yes. Yeah, you use that much? Uh, no, I've, I've I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things. I I downloaded ZBrush as well the other day. Yeah, ZBrush. Yeah. Yeah, Z, uh, and I thought, oh, ZBrush. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that looks really cool, but I've just not had a chance to play around with it. Yet. Yeah, Z, ZBrush or ZBrush is uh, UI is very different from most, so it's a little right. complicated. To, the learning curve, I, at least for me and everybody that I know that's tried it, the learning curve takes a while. But once you get past that, um, the experience is uh, it's it's amazing. There's no other program ex- aside from Maya's Mudbox and a couple other ones that that do soft. Um, modeling i think even cinema 4d actually does a really exceptional job of it as well um, all right I'm yeah they've, they've done like the soft what do you call that it's like not hard surface opposite yeah, it's soft, soft modeling yeah it's soft like modeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean from what i've understood and all the guys that i know that do really exceptional work is is with zbrush i mean even the recent lost boy bust that we're doing for um the Kickstarter is, I, th- I believe they're creating in ZBrush. I'm pretty positive, but oh, wow. yeah, they're doing a stellar job of it. But um, that's a kind of a, a go-to program platform that seems to be, they're getting better and better with like the decimation and all that kind of stuff and keeping yeah. the polys down, but also getting all the details, which is great. And and then also working well with 3D printing and stuff because that's, you know, it just allows you to take your ideas and bring them to fruition and reality, which is great. Yeah, I think that's the next step, isn't it? 3D printing. Up. Oh yeah, that's the way of the future. You know, yeah, you, your furniture in your house and just everything. Yeah. You know, you're gonna, you're not gonna go to a store necessarily. You, you, you might go to like a bespoke designer that will give you a file for a certain amount of money or something, and and then you can go get it printed or you know. So. No, I don't think so. I've, I've already started to see people creating like custom Lego pieces. Oh, cool. Perfect. You know, for instance, that, you know, that's a, a perfect kind of situation where you can create something if, you, if you're if you not happy with how they've designed, say, the, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle character, you can create your own. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I mean, I'm just joking. Everybody's get, that's a big topic of discussion about how, <laughs> how shitty the new tur- Ninja Turtles thing is and stuff. Well, but. saying that, I, I was watching the. Uh, documentary that's just popped up on Netflix. What's it uh, called? Uh, Remember the turtles? Yeah, and it's um, <laughs> you know you're gonna ask me this, and I'm gonna have to search it, and then I'm gonna stop t- uh, speaking. But basically, they were saying that uh, Kevin Eastman was saying that they were always happy that other people take their idea and mold it into what they thought worked. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they were, they were so flexible. Um, this is a good yeah. way of doing business. So, you know, like you, have you ever seen their original comic? Yes. It's very uh, crude. It's very crude art, you know, yes, like when you, uh, see, when you see the adaptations from so many people. I mean, like my friend Dave Raposa, his illustrations, the realistic renditions of this, of, 
the Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. It's amazing. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, love it or hate it. They're just, they're, they're readapting. Even like Raphael Grissetti, the guy that I'm working on the Lost Boy stuff with, he did a bunch of really amazing sculpts of the Ninja Turtles stuff, you know, and me personally, I grew up with the original, so that's always going to be the Ninja Turtles for me, but the new generation, I mean, that's probably that for them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the original because it was very gritty, very dark. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, one of them almost dies, I think, in the first comic or something like that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and then the cartoon comes along and it just captured a different audience. Yes. But uh, I'm watching the probably the 2012 version, the CGI one. Okay. Uh, I'm watching that with the kids and they love that. And I really, I think the sense of humor is there again. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I think something that's flexible is that. Okay, this is on tape. You've said it. We're recording yeah. you. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you can't. I think with all this stuff, you can't take it too seriously. I mean, of course, yeah. you can have your opinion. Keep it to yourself if it's uneducated. If you want to have an educated opinion, go study film and understand why and the psychology of these things. And you probably discover and find that your opinion once was is not as important now, you know, so, yeah. which is kind of just a, a developing as a human being, you know, which I find to be interesting, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that this stuff is pretty interesting and all in all, I, it's just, it's just part of the growth and trends. You know, I used to fight it and be like, ah, oh, why are they making another RoboCop or why are they making another total recall? Even when I'm working on it, but then I realize <laughs> it's just, another generation that needs to have these silly stories be told, you know, and, and, um, that's just yeah, it really, you know, this is part yeah. of the machine, the movie making machine. It's an easy bet. It's a, it's a, uh, a, a, it's proven fact that they can probably make their money back. So they'll, they'll take the risk, you know? And it, it doesn't destroy your, your enjoyment of the original, you know, it shouldn't, you can just go rewatch <laughs> it. You always have it. So, if if you like the original, you know, Robocop or whatever, that's that's great. It's still there. You can still go and watch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and definitely. and then like say a new audience has been introduced to a, a different version of it. Yeah. You know, and, and from that they might find the old version. Yeah, you know, I think I've I've no bones about it really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, same. I used to. Um and I sometimes I get annoyed by it, but I just don't watch the film, so I'm just like, well, you know, like um there's the when i when i the thing that i think upsets me more is when the people complain about it and then they go see it and i go well you know you're just supporting the thing that you don't like so you, you really <laughs> can't complain you know like if you go and you wait for it to come out and you, and you pirate it okay then you know you're yeah. doing something illegal but at the same time you're not giving into it you know so i don't well, know i mean yeah how many people didn't like heath ledger uh as being you know the joker how how could he be the joker it was it was absolutely appalling that he was cast as the Joker, and, and yet he's, you know, he's eclipsed. I think every Joker, you know, you could argue better than Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, you, you know, how do you beat Jack at his job? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> there's very few people that can, and yeah, yeah. I think he rose to the occasion in Nolan's version. So yeah, but it's yeah. all opinions, you know, and I don't know. It's it's been really interesting. I read this article, or did I read it? Yeah, I think it was a, an article about. Um, opinions and educated opinions and whether people are entitled or not, you know, and, and the art, the article was really interesting because it broke down the psychology of what it is to have an opinion yeah. and 
what it is to have an educated opinion. And it's not necessarily that you're we're all entitled to our own opinions. You're entitled to your opinion, of course, to yourself. But once you come out to the public eye or anything, um, you should have a formulated, formulated kind of a, a knowledgeable experience or a knowledgeable opinion, you know, so that you have something behind it. Yeah. So that there's substantial, you're not just talking, you know. I mean, especially in the creative industry, there's many meetings I've I've sat in and presented, you know, the work and you know listened to a discussion and breakdown of that work and and you you know my opinion of of why I've produced what I've produced and their opinion of what they're trying to you know to achieve yeah and things like that and you you've got to be flexible you you can't turn around and say well that's it I've delivered and. You know, you must take that. You you take on their advice, and you know, you've got to learn from it sometimes. Uh, Some artists do, though. Yeah, you know, some of those really big, high up dudes just go, you know what? Fuck it. This is me, and that's just how it is. You know, and well, I I I like I I think when you're working with a client, it is a collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's hope it is, you know, an educated yeah. uh, collaboration. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hoping that the client knows what you're doing and, and you bring what you bring to the table and then the client brings what they want to the table as well and you've got to try and find that ground for them. You've, you've got to try and achieve what they want. Yeah. From, you know, and I suppose that's the, you know, commercial artist, artist, you know, paint on you know, on your own time, if you, if you want to have your solid opinion and nobody else is allowed to kind of criticize what you do or anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, that I'm quite happy when somebody says, turns around and says, you know, I don't think you've chosen the right color there. I'll give it a try. And if it really does work well in a different color, you know, great. If, if not, I was right to have chosen that color in the first place, you know, I'm quite happy. Yeah, that's a maturity, though, I think, that comes with it. And then you realize that the things that you're creating aren't precious, you know, and you're just creating. It's a fine line, though. When I get to that realm, I go, then, well, why am I creating it, you know? And why why even create at all if you don't think that your work has some substantial value? Um, I constantly have, like, two or three conversations in my head at all times (laughs) when I'm doing creative work, which is probably why I'm so exhausted at the end of the day because I'm just so mentally taxed, you know? Yes. Um, But, yeah. But but that's, again, that's the collaboration. I think sometimes you get good creative directors that you you can work with and, you know, they know, they understand what you're doing, um, you know, and they know how to get the best out of you. Yeah. And, and then there's other people that, you know, they just want you to kind of read their mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just pull out the image, <laughs> you know, and you've got to ask them 20 questions. You've got to try and get them to talk about what they want and things like that. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can work with the Vegas the client and the client that gives you a strict kind of page of detail. And I, I kind of, I like working with both. Uh, yeah. I, you know, find a guy that can type out a full page of detail of exactly what he wants is, you know, it, it's not restricting creative creativity as such. You're kind of trying to execute that the best way you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's everybody's different and collaborating. It's, it's so interesting. There's, there's two ways to that. And, and it's, it's interesting too. For me, sometimes um, my biggest argument towards those kind of things is as I have an intention and my intention is the most pure that I can create. 
Yeah. And when I go and make that intention occur, or I go and do that work. My my intention is to solve the problem at the best way that I can. Yeah. And if I fail to do so, then that's my problem. But when I'm going and doing it, I have no other intention other than nailing the brief, basically. Yeah. And so when there's like backlash, I go, well, damn, you know, like that was my best attempt. That was my best. That was all the energy that I could put into that thing, you know. Well, yeah, and and then sometimes you you can look back at the brief, and I, I mean, I've done, I've seen a brief, and then produce something and put it in front, and then clients turn around and said, "I think I've given you the wrong brief." Yeah, I've had that happen many <laughs> times. Like, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and and sometimes you know, to be fair on the client, they they need to see that to know that that's not what they wanted. Sure. Yeah. You as know, as uh, long as they're paying for your time, I guess it's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you you can get frustrated. At, about it and i think if if you let it affect it you know you you are disappointed but if you let it affect you too much uh i think you're doing the wrong thing well it could counter yeah yeah, yeah i've had that happen yeah. to me because i you know it's sometimes it's challenging for me because i'll i'll have an intention and that'll be my best intention is to finish and get a project done and do the best that i can and if i don't do it if it doesn't nail it perfectly then I'm, i feel like i've failed the client and failed myself and you know then i've I have an internal battle, I suppose, you know, but I think with maturity and time, um, those things will subside and, you know, it'll, it all come together. I think one of my biggest errors and probably a lot of people can relate to me this as well as you, you seem like you're a little bit more mature is that I, I put a lot of just, uh, I think I take things too personally when it comes to my work and I need to differentiate those two things and develop a maturity. I, I suppose yeah. that will safeguard me from, you know, having, uh, a, a meeting that doesn't go necessarily 100% positive ruined my day, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember very early on in my career, I used to work with uh, an architect, and uh, it, it, went, we went through this very strange two week process where he, he, he gave me all these kind of back of his uh, cigarette packet designs and said, I want you to build this for me. And I was like, Yeah, all right, then, you know, I'll, I'll put it together in Illustrator for you. And, uh, you, you know, it was really just ideas on scraps of paper and napkins and things like that. And he said, I'll come back in a week's time. So in a week's time, I'd, I'd built this kind of football stadium that he was planning on designing. And I'd spent a lot of time and it was important. It's early on in my career. And he, he sat there and he said, you know, the grass color. I said, yeah. He said, it's the wrong green. <laughs> I, was like, I was absolutely gutted and I said why what, what green do you want and we got a Pantone book out went through the Pantone book and he said that's the green that I want and I was like right it's going to take me two days to alter all this grass and he's like yeah but it, it's the wrong green so I altered it all took forever you know in Illustrator I'd, you know, I built it wrong at the time you know it <laughs> wasn't as, as efficient and things like that so too busy learning and so he took a long time to replace it and, and everything. And then he came back in two days later and he said, it's the wrong green. I think you were right with the first green. <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my first just absolutely, you know, I was like, I was gutted. I was shattered. I was pissed off at him. And he turned around and he said, he said, look, we're only arguing about the color of the grass. He said, everything else is brilliant. 
Oh, you yeah. know, said, you've done the building absolutely how I wanted it, you know, and better. He said, I'm just tweaking it now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Perspective. So, yeah, yeah, so I, I just came from that knowing that, you know, I got 98% of the job right. Yeah. And and he, he wasn't there to pat me on the back and say, you've done a great job. Yeah. He, he was there to make sure that I got it 100% right and, and just tweak it. So, so yeah, and good that I, he pushes I, your your contrast, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah and, and and from that, I'm always kind of a bit. I, I came away learning to be a bit more level-headed with things, just to to take the feedback, to take the criticism, uh, and and if it's constructive criticism, then great. If it's not constructive criticism, to be able to argue why it shouldn't be done. Yeah. You, you know, if, if if somebody has put their foot down and really stubbornly wants something and it's going to be a mess from it and it's going to destroy your work, then, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I guess it's all within reason. And that's probably the hard part about um, explaining these things to anybody is that there's no right way, you know. I no. There's a really great blurb, another one from... Uh, Mobius from an article I can't remember which one I was reading but he he mentioned that I think it was in his art book that I have it's uh, the art of Mobius I think in there he says as far as advice is everybody's so different and there's no specific advice for it other than just like working hard you know like that's the only advice because everybody's so different and you can't really you know well, that, well that's it I mean you you work through those projects and you you learn from those you know from those projects and you, you make sure that you, you do learn from it and you take it on to the next one uh, yeah yeah you know you you improve you get better with dealing with people or asking the right questions uh, and, and you learn then things yeah yeah I've, I've not met anybody who can go to university and, and suddenly come out with all that experience uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, it is that experience that you need as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really the part that, that you know, really solidifies things, you know, and it makes sense in it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's all very interesting though. Yeah. And, and I think throwing, throwing that just stubbornness, you know, I just really am determined to keep going at this. Absolutely. No, no matter what I've, you know, I, I, I suppose as well, if you're just starting out in this industry, you pitch for jobs, um, you know, and sometimes you don't get them. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, and it could be the best. You know, you've you can be so excited that you you know you've just got this potential at this new job, and it's you know such and such a thing, and it's big, and and then when you don't get it, it it might not be down to your work. It can sometimes budgets change, and you know ideas change, and things like that. Um, and you, you, you've not to be worried about rejection like that. Yeah, it's going to happen and you got to just yeah. kind of en- embrace it as it comes along because, yeah, there's no, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know, like you just, the embrace of it is, is really what's going to save you from, you know, being annihilated, you know. So, I mean, that being said, I've, I have toned down my, you know, personal destruction you know so <laughs> when it, when it happens but i think if anything it just goes to show that i'm trying to do my best and yeah and um but i just need to be better at being more mature i suppose in dealing with situations you know well, so. i mean the, the good thing is now if if you can go and find a forum or go and find another illustrator and and yeah. go and 
you know, go and vent your frustration to them because I think they'll understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think everybody has vents about the, you know, the best job in the world that didn't go right and things like that. And, you know, yeah, work, work that should have been really great, but then somebody decided to do something to it that, you know, you weren't happy about. But, you, you know, that goes back to the turtles, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And if we're happy to let their creation go out and let anybody interpret it, some, some, some things are good, some things aren't so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it just depends, you know. So, I mean, I guess it's all personal experience and which just comes from experience in general, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. One last question for you well, before we top this bad baby off. <laughs> Raid 71, where did it come from? What's, uh, what's the deal with this uh, did, did you have, Yeah, did you ever play uh, Quake? Okay, yes, yeah. I did a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, there's. Uh, I used to play Quake in the studio. We used to have it all set up. So at the end of a very long day, we used to all run around killing each other. It was a big Quake. game for everybody in workplaces, right? Yeah, well, it, it was. I think Quake. I think it got to Quake Three, which was really good at networking. Uh, so you could set up a server, set up a level. Uh, you had everybody in the studio join, uh, and you just ran around killing people. Yeah. Uh, you know, which it's is like, great. You just felt good about it. Yeah. 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 So I couldn't do that being called Chris. Uh, so we just all made up names. I made up Raid 71. And you just stuck uh, with it. And I stuck with it. But what happened was um, I was doing my, my day job when I, I owned the design studio and I was called Chris and you know, doing kind of a certain kind of work. And then at night, I started kind of experimenting again with illustration because I... I'd kind of gone off illustration and comic book design and things like that. And, and I was doing logo design and, and kind of corporate manuals and things. So at night, I kind of started playing around with that. And then I won... Uh, no, somebody pointed me towards the Threadless T-shirt website. Yeah. Uh, and I went on that. Old and, school. And, and then I, I won that uh, a couple of times. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, so as as I was doing my day job called Chris, I was doing kind of free, freelancing for my own company. Uh, so I was I was yeah I was kind of moonlighting at night, even though I, I ran the company during the day, uh, and just doing different types of work. Uh, and then over time, that that kind of work took over really. Awesome, and then it just kind of became itself. Yeah, well, it it was better to have like my work official website with its proper name and then and then you know you set up your second website and you just put the fun stuff that you're doing on and the t-shirts that you've won and the posters that you've done or the you know the little bit of this that you've you know and then i started getting emails saying can you do something like this and it was like oh okay i yeah, can see this yeah. work you know i see i can follow that path yeah that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah it makes, so it makes, I guess it makes sense. It, it, it's yeah. self-building, just kind of not just rolling with it, I suppose. Yeah, so kind of living two separate lives. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Mobius did it, you know, and and he did it yes. when he, you know, John Giro was when the Blueberry, and then Mobius was when more in the sci-fi stuff, the Incal and all his other explore, explorations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of allowed him to change style, didn't it, a little bit? And yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because uh, I realized that when I start drawing that um, I might draw like this now, but years from now, I'm definitely going to probably draw differently if I keep at it. And 
and it's going to be so different. I think maybe I'll just do a different name. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I know a couple of other people that have done it as well. They've maybe done a project that doesn't fit in with their current work, mm. uh, and it's not the kind of thing they want to show. So they just kind of it's so easy now just to go on Tumblr and just set something up or on, on Twitter and they, they've just gone and published it as a, maybe a set of things and yeah. see how it does. And it doesn't affect, I suppose, their image or their followers and things like that. It's a smart way of doing it. It's like, you know, case study testing it out and seeing if it works yeah. or not, you know, which, yeah. I, which I think is rad. Well, I had actually, I lied. I had one more question. <laughs> if you would, would be so kind as to, uh, I actually found your work, um, like we talked about on um, Instagram, and I've yeah. seen it before. But there's, I'm really into bikes. I don't have one yet. My wife will let me get one because I'll probably kill myself. It's because it's <laughs> it's so crazy here in San Diego with all the cars. But um, there was, I think your art was on in a magazine called Iron and Air magazine, which looks like right, a really that's... beautiful, uh, at a, like a really beautifully put together magazine. Uh, how'd that come about? Did they just reach out to you? And I, uh, I did, uh, I like drawing. Again, this was just one of those, I'll, I'm bored this weekend. I'll just draw something. So I, I drew a set of, uh, four bikes, mm. uh, four images. An illustrator um, and off of, uh, image, yeah, like off just, of reference. Yeah. Just kind of cafe racer type stuff. Uh, just made up just kind of I thought you, you know I don't get much um, fashion ed fashion work so I thought I'll, I'll make some fashion images uh, so I did these cafe racer things and then I put those on Tumblr and then a couple of people said do you do prints of these and I was like oh, no I don't I'm not really interested in doing prints of those <laughs> and then a couple, uh, buy magazine in England contacted me and said oh you know I really like these because alright if I use one as an editorial yeah no problem and then a company in America that customised Harley Davidson's said they were going to tour America um with their new bikes and they wanted to get some artists together. Could we, could you use my work? And I said, yeah, fine. If you wanted to. And then since then it's, it's just snowballed. It's just like every other, it's, it's been in France. Um, yeah. I, I just get lots of emails now saying, can I draw bikes and, and things like that. So yeah, it's awesome. There's that guy silence TV. I think I can't remember yes. his name. He does yeah. really beautiful work. It, what do you think that's an illustrator? He's using an illustrator. It's like illustrator. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. So, um, we should have the nice, patience. Nice kind of clean lines. Yeah. How the heck? <laughs> well, I mean, I used to do that kind of thing with the mouse, you know, clicking around, but, I, I just I like the more natural kind of style. I, I like it to feel a bit looser than that. So yeah. probably probably using very similar tools, but mine's just got more of a pressure sensitivity to yeah. it, uh, just to give it a bit more of a kind of hand-drawn feel. Yeah, perhaps it's a bit of mouse, and then it looks like he does also use um, a little bit of like this, like a Cintiq or a Wacom though, on some of it because yeah. it feels natural. But I guess that's the decision, and what makes his work so cool is. He decides when to use a mouse and when not to. And I'm just guessing. I don't know. If you know his techniques, let us know. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just guessing. So, but yeah, his work is really awesome. He does a lot of really cool bike stuff that's inspiring to me. Um, yeah, because because I love that and I love the vectored art interpretation of of such things. He's done a, a couple Mondo posters, which were really awesome as well. 
he did like some a recent like Batman and a couple like he did their awesome um Back to the Future one too, but yeah. But drawing uh vehicles and all that kind of stuff can be a pain in the butt, but I think with the use of using Illustrator and things like that um really helps yeah. and lends it to it itself to it, which is great. It was it was just one of those things. It was it was more of a you know, like I said, it was like a I, I realized there was an area of work that I didn't have. Yeah. And it's just kind of a bit of a challenge to try and do something with that. That's smart. That's a good yeah. way to do it. That's the way to I, do I, it, people. Yeah, I mean I mean that's what people should be using things like Tumblr for. Um, you know, it's it's uh, that one just I mean it's one of those examples of that one worked, but I, I I've tried, you know, kind of weekend experiments and put them on Tumblr and they've not worked and people are or maybe technically I've I've got something out of it, but they've not picked up the interest yeah. there, and things like that, where some things have, some things haven't. Yeah. So that's yeah, the way to do it though, just to test the waters and stuff. I've done the same thing. And I think that's, that's a good way to do it because yeah, if you have the time to do it and you're just curious and see if there's a marketplace for your work, you know, yeah, it's, well. yeah, I, I learned that a lot uh, through Threadless, I suppose. If, if you want to Threadless, you can go and have a look at that. Yeah. You can, you, you know, you put something in, people vote on it, uh, and then it gets published and you get paid, which is, you know, it's a, and they, they pay really well if, if you do get kind of published. But when you have a look at the product line or look through the product history, you can start seeing the strands that work and, and what does get, get published and and things like that. There's a pattern there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's very cool and uh, yeah discovering like you know the abilities with your work and how far they can go and stuff without really putting a ton of cost or investment in it i think that's a really good way to go but yeah yeah well, it's, 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 it's that practice you know if, if you're practicing you know just yeah you're just kind of improving your technique slightly and then something else might come of it which is good yes i agree you know, and you never know what opportunity is going to be right around the base. So you just kind of keep going and exploring and seeing what what comes about it, you know. So and staying optimistic and curious, I think, is the key to the game, you know. So and staying fresh, you know. But Yeah, keep, keep pushing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, we're going to have a link to your site and the blog and all that goodie and good stuff. And did you, did you have anything that you wanted to mention? Like, you have any possible shows or anything like that or any information for anybody it's um I'm over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad timing actually it's good timing but bad joke all right uh, uh, i'm over in la i think uh at the end of september mm. uh, i haven't been over there for a long time so that's gonna be fun uh, there's an exhibition which i'm not allowed to say anything about just yet okay um, you release oh, it on your blog or something? Yes, I'll, I'll do that. Most most things I do on Twitter, even if it's you know, sometimes I go a bit quiet, but I always say good morning. Uh, but yeah, most things I'll, I'll kind of put on Twitter, and then that feeds into things. Uh, and I know I've got some show and a solo show in New York next year, which I've got to start thinking about, which is going to be based around cities. Um, Yes, which I'm very excited about that. Actually. Yeah, I saw the Scorsese one and stuff. That was awesome. Yeah, so he doesn't make a film outside of New York. So yeah, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, but that, yeah, awesome. 
No, if, if people want to email me, email me. If you've got any more questions, I don't mind. If I, I, I might be slow to answer if I'm busy, but yeah, you can email me. Oh, what a nice guy. There you go, people. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there you go, people. Go out and make some awesome stuff and inspire both of us, and we'll try to do the same for you guys as well. And um, Yeah, and best of luck with that. Thank you very much. Show. Yeah, and thanks for coming yeah. on, and yeah, no. let's keep in touch. Uh, yeah, thanks for contacting me. It's it's been fun. It's been fun thinking about what I actually do. Yeah, I've, I think so. Yeah. yeah, people often find that. I think that a lot of the guests on they will at first be afraid, and then after we talk, they kind of discover. Wow, I, after talking about it, it further articulated, and some people make a change in their career actually. <laughs> stop the conversation, you know. I'm not I'm giving it up now. I'm going. Big. Oh no! Like even like just improving things, or you know, or or you know, just getting sharper at their tools. I guess you know. Yeah. But awesome, man. Well, have a great one, and um, let's keep in touch. Will do. Thank you very much, Ash. Thank you, and thank you everybody for listening. Have a great day. Ciao.